Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> And now, from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your hosts, Jay and Ray. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in, everybody. Hopefully we are being heard. We always have to throw that caveat out there at the beginning of every show, but we think you are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Friday night, January the 12th, 2024. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Yeah, Jim Mora. Playoffs. It's playoff time. It finally has gotten here. It's taken so long. It's the middle of January. We used to be getting ready for the Super Bowl at the time in the middle of January, but we're old. We remember those days. Now, of course, the Super Bowl is on Valentine's Day or around. But anyway, it's finally time for the playoffs. Wild Card 2024. Jay, you ready to rock? I am. It's the longest season ever. Absolutely. And, yeah, super mega wicked wild card weekend. <laughs> Yay, sports. Is finally upon us. Uh, it, it sounds so juvenile when you you hear the imaging, you hear that going around. It's not just wild card weekend; it's super wild card week. It's like, come on, man! Isn't it? It's the NFL. You don't have to hype it more. It's the NFL, for God's sake. But yeah, they found a way to hype I mean, yeah, it even could, more. They could call it shit on a stick weekend. It's the and NFL. It would, it's going to break ratings would, records. It, that's right. And it would break all the rating records every every game. You don't need the extra hype. You don't need the imaging. Uh, but you're going to get it anyway because it's the NFL and they just try to cannibalize anything around it. But it's football. We love it anyway. Uh, so we're going to watch. Of course, we got the uh, customary spot for the Texans tomorrow in their, their normal of course. spot in there. The AFC South winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll always get the first Saturday game. <laughs> Guaranteed. So you, you get it you get it started right. You know, it's it feels comfortable at this point now. It feels like, ha, ah, the playoffs really are here because the Texans are playing at home uh at four thirty in the afternoon on Saturday on wildcard weekend. It, it just feels right. Uh you know how we do it by now. The uh, the big football party, two hours live. We're gonna recap the previous week's proceedings before getting you ready for the upcoming week. And that means we look back at week 18. Last week, the final week of the regular season, uh, we both need to get our props in right off the bat because coin goes down and goes down hot. 
We both put up 10 and 6. Twin 10 and 6 weeks. Uh, coin only goes 7 and 9. So we get to celebrate uh, being better than a coin flip for, for week 18. You could not stand week 18. You were texting me. You are telling me how much you hate week 18 and put up 10 wins. Got your lock in. I got my lock. We finished tied in locks. So uh, you can't hate it that much. You, you put up 10 dubs there. I don't know how I did it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't looking good for me. Uh, in that Buffalo Miami game, but that sort of just oh. petered out. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure one of us, maybe both of us, who knows, might have something to say about that game, and in some capacity. But that was that was the one I needed to break even for the. That's all I wanted. That's why I said it last week. I all I want to do is just not lose ground in Week 18. Don't want to get greedy either, and, and think that. You know, I'm going to have a great week 18, and that's going to you know be some kind of a springboard because you can't learn anything from week 18. Now we still hand out the hardware because we we learned those things, but if you can take anything that you saw from week 18 and use that as a, a playoff predictor, uh, well, good luck. Yeah, I don't know how you could possibly say that anything happened last week is going to lead to anything meaningful this week, with the exception of uh, players who got hurt last week. Yes, uh, you you can count on that to be a, a factor because they won't be here this week, and there's some very very prominent players that got hurt last week and won't be there this week. Uh, doesn't mean we're picking against them, but we know they won't be there. We know that's going to be a, a factor uh, for the and regular. For the first, I gotta say, for the first time, this seems like in a while. I, I don't know because it could have happened last year or the year before, but I feel like everybody who got in earned it. You know, we didn't have anybody really back in this year. Um, Buffalo could have technically backed in by virtue of the Jags losing because that automatically clinched them a spot. But then they still went out and played and won for you know won the division. Um, but we didn't end up having one of those you know one of those teams where a whole bunch of bad things happened to other teams and then somebody just on, in the last you know fifteen minutes. Uh, of the season just, was a sneaks in on Sunday. So everybody earned their spot this year. They did, but there, the, there's several teams that kind of made a late rush that you, you definitely did not necessarily see coming. Like I, the, all of the, the, the Browns, the Steelers and the Packers, all of them, I'm still kind of like, how did they come? Where, where'd they come from? How did they come <laughs> from way back to, to make the playoffs? Uh, they, they played uh, good football to get in. Is, is your point? They didn't uh, right. lose two of uh, you know two. Uh, they didn't go two and two or two and three, and then found a way to the back end anyway. They they were all on winning streaks and actually uh, earned their way in. Uh, and as far as Buffalo, yeah, they didn't back their way in because they beat Miami. But goddamn, that is the most back end two seed I think I've ever seen in the history of football. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you said that wasn't impressive. Seed. Um, I'm saying I still kind of don't know how the hell they did it. <laughs> it's, I watched the game and I still quite don't quite know how they managed to, to win that game. I, the, I mean, I, the Dolphins uh, may have lost that as much as the Bills won it. The, yeah, I mean, the Bills started the weekend aiming as high as a two seed or as low as not in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> as low as missed the playoffs altogether. But, oh, look yeah. up. We 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 got the two seed. Not only are we in, we're the two seed in the yeah. entire conference. We're, we're hosting a playoff game, possibly two, uh, <laughs> if we hold if they hold here at home on 
on, on Sunday. So, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, again, if, that, if you think that's predictive and you think you know what's going to happen based on that, okay, cool. Congratulations. Um, as far as the regular season records go, now with the uh, the 10 and 6 uh, that we both put up, it ensured that both of us actually finished 500 or better for the season. After all of the craziness, after all of the yeah. uncertainty early in the season, we both actually wind up 500. You are 500 right on the nose, and I am three games uh, ahead of you, six games over uh, at 5-11 for the season. Uh, we'll get into the scoring system, how those percentages uh, average out as far as our playoff points scoring system. We'll get into all of that when we start making our wild card picks. But before we do that, we have to give out our awards, the best and the worst, and all that good stuff for Week 18. Once again, I have to go back and and find out who won the previous week because we have the uh, the, the tie. Oh, we we did we did the Bill Alfonso. Yeah, it was right down the middle, Daddy. So, I've been yeah. leading off for a while. Yeah, you, you have. We we had all those. We had three weeks in a row where we tied, and you had won the previous week before that. Uh, but for this tie, we only have to go back to week seventeen when you kicked my ass and beat me by three games. Uh, so you definitely uh, get the honors once again. So week 18, Jay, who or what was the best? Who was him? Uh, who do you think he was? He was uh, in, in week 18 yeah. for you. Uh, well, I'm actually going to say it's uh, who do you think they are? Uh, they am, I guess. Oh, would, okay. Would be it is. Uh, I'm giving this to a pair of, uh, I can't call them rookie, but I'll call them first-year starting quarterbacks, uh, playing in winner-take-all, winner-go-home games. And, you know, sometimes we talk about, uh, we talked about it with Green Bay last week with the too stupid to know any better. So, the, you know, the playing with house money, but uh, the performances, uh, the numbers in those types of games that we saw from C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, uh, who might be getting his first one we haven't had many Jordan Love mentions on this show in the awards, but, you know, I guess uh, for the hell of a season he had, and then for C.J. Stroud, who we gave a lot of awards to and talked about a lot this year, kind of saving the best for last with those two young men. Uh, C.J. Stroud, in their division-winning effort, didn't know it at the time, but it ended up being <laughs> a division winner, uh, 20 of 26 for 264 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. And then Jordan Love uh, yeah, says, uh, hold my beer, <laughs> goes 27 of 32 for 316 yards and two touchdowns in their playoff clinching game. Uh, two rising stars in their, you know, it, defining games of their careers so far. Win and get in. One becomes a division winner. The other one takes his team to Dallas for the wild card round. But uh, nearly flawless execution by both of those quarterbacks, and uh, and they deserve it. They. Who do you think you are? They are. Who do you think you are? I am. That's for two of them, so we got to do it twice. Who do you think you are? I am. Very uh, impressive performances by those two young men. Yet the Jordan Love we haven't talked much about because the first half of his season was uh, between meh and bad. Like he right. did not look like this at all. And then the second half of the year, he just kind of cranked it up and, and just started playing better and better and better each game. And, uh, unfortunately leads uh, the Packers over my Bears to close out the season. Uh, I, I saw it coming. I picked him. I, I knew he was going to, you know, put it together and, and, and beat, George, uh, beat Justin Fields. Uh, so I'm not, you know, surprised at all. Um, 
And as far as C.J. Stroud, uh, what more can we say about him? We've, we've given him all the superlatives all season long. Uh, so he's, he's earned all of that. For me, the best of Week 18, the end of an era down here in, in Tennessee, uh, to me was the best because they went out doing exactly what they do best, battering and bludgeoning and bruising and the, the style that they were built to play uh, that I didn't know they had one more in them and, and said so and picked the uh, the Jaguars and, and got made to look really stupid doing that. Uh, the style that earned them the top seed in 2021, Derrick Henry goes nuts, 19 carries for a buck 53 and a score. Titans murder the Jags and knock them out of the playoffs. I, I said I didn't think they had one more classic Mike Vrabel game, and I was wrong. I was dead wrong. They had one more in them, and I'm glad I was wrong because they deserve to have one more high spot like that. Uh, the emotional speech by Henry to the live stadium afterwards uh, was the perfect capper, very classy, very heartfelt. Uh, they 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 deserve that spot. They deserve that highlight spot to, to sort of go out. Um, best eight years of his life, he said, and we were lucky to watch it because that guy is one of the best running backs I ever saw, one of my favorite running backs uh, that I ever watched play. Um, it's a little reminiscent to me of the Memphis Grizzlies basketball team. They had a run right around the time I moved down here to Memphis, uh, 12 years ago, uh, 13 years ago now that, uh, they were playing basketball in a style that nobody else was playing and it was very successful for them and it worked perfectly for them. Uh, they called it grit grind. Uh, it was very much their, their style. No one else could play like the Grizzlies, very smash mouth, very uh, in the paint, in your face, uh, lockdown defense. Uh, you talk about guys like Zach Randolph and, and Tony Allen and Mark Gasol, uh, and they got all the way to the uh, the Western Conference Finals with that style and almost got into the NBA Finals, and it was completely different from what everyone else was doing. Um, and that's what the Titans reminded me of, uh playing a way that nobody else really could play or would want to play. Um, and it was very successful for them and just beating up people left and right. And they did it one more time to the Jaguars on Sunday. Uh, good for them to go out and, and get that spotlight. Uh, that was the best of week 18 for me. Yeah. What did we always say? We always called it the winning ugly Titans and sure. uh, they made a, you know, they made a habit out of it. Uh, they, they, they got their offensive coordinator hired into another position and then fired, but it did happen. Um, and Derek Henry and, and the Taddy show and the play action and, and just, you know, yeah, uh, we were, it was probably one of the games that you and I disagreed on the most, uh, last weekend. Cause I was, uh, I, I was calling that Titans upset and that leads to my worst of the week. Oh. The other side of that game, the Jaguars, uh, because the Jaguars lose that game, even though I called it. it just because I called it doesn't mean it's a good thing. It just means we're picking a game. Um, you know, you just got, I, wasn't, I called I against play- it, but it was still the best to me. So yeah, yeah, I was playing the revenge narrative. The the Titans, you know, we're gonna you know tighten up one last time, um, ride these guys off all into the sunset, and they did. But the Jaguars, to show up in their win and you're in, you win the division, you were the presumptive favorite in that division, and they uh, go out 
losing five out of six to finish the season. Their only win was that 26 to nothing game at Carolina that, that made Dave, uh, David Tepper lose his mind and start going to drink down the fan. The only reason that you, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, lost uh, Cincinnati, lost Cleveland, lost Baltimore, lost Tampa, lost Carolina, win, and then lost at Tennessee. Ends their season five out of six and puts them right out of the playoffs. Any one of those, just how similar is this to Tennessee last season? It's like it's like poetry. It rhymes, uh, you know. From one season to the next, Tennessee collapses, uh, loses their last seven last year, and then loses that game against Jacksonville to kind of start this miraculous run of the Jaguars, and then they get that huge comeback against the Chargers, and they become the presumptive favorites to win the division, and they're rolling this season. Uh, They've got a huge lead in the division, and then they lose five out of six, gag that thing up all the way to the Houston Texans of all teams, those guys with the rookie quarterback and uh, not looking too good for Jacksonville. Uh, They went from looking like the team that would have, you know, potentially that they could have a hold on that division for a few years, at least to man, it'd be really hard to pick them to pick up off of this and get themselves back in again, because you've got teams on the rise. Now you've got Houston, uh, you've got, Indy, who played the majority of their season without their rookie quarterback, and they're going to get him back. And uh, the Jaguars, it's a mess. So, so some head, ro- some so some heads rolled in Jacksonville and Duval, and uh, as they should have, because you you don't uh, gag it up like that and have things uh, come out on the good side. So the Jags gagging it up all the way from leading the division by several games to out of the playoffs. That's my worst of the week. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence clearly was not 100%. Titans pulled all the trick plays out that they wanted. They they wanted it more than the Jags. I I watched that game, and they just, they were, you know, all in and just wanted to be there, and the Jags looked like they didn't want to be there at all. Uh, Yeah, great narrative play by you, the, the Titans avenge. Last year, uh, Derrick Henry lost his damn mind. Tiny Hill actually outplayed Trevor Lawrence. That's how terrible Lawrence was. Just a total dissolution uh, by the Jaguars. Uh, it, it will be hard to pick them again next year, uh, but I probably will because they still clearly have the best talent, I, I think, uh, in the division. But, yeah, what a uh, what a collapse that everybody seemed to be saying before the season Wow, look at the Jaguars in that easy schedule. They could go 14-3. and three. They could just absolutely <laughs> have the number one seed in the AFC, and they don't even make the playoffs. That is quite the collapse by the Jags. Yeah. So what was your worst of the week? It's tacky. It's cheesy. It's a really bad look for everyone involved. It's Neilgate. I don't know if anyone's calling it Neilgate or not, but... <laughs> Everything's a gate, you know. Every every controversy oh, has, to, yeah. has, has to be uh, Watergate like. Uh, it's it's one of the oddest happenings in the game I've ever seen. How many times have we said that this year? I've never seen anything like this in forty years mm-hmm. of watching football. And here's another one. Yet I've never seen anything quite like this. The New Orleans Saints up forty-one to seventeen uh, with the uh, yep. the infamous Jameis Winston 
at quarterback playing some some backup uh, uh, mop-up duty. Uh, they get the ball at the one-yard line. They get in victory formation as the clock is, is running down. There's nothing to do except take a knee and end the ball game. Except Jameis decided to hand off to Jamal Williams, the running back, to get him a touchdown. He didn't have any touchdowns on the season. And uh, one last slap in, in Arthur Smith's face as he gets fired right after that. Uh, so the Falcons go down. Uh, they're already going to go down uh, in a route, but they go down even more because of that, make it a 31-point game. Um, and a slap to the other coach, a slap to the Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, because as it turns out, Dennis Allen was asked by the players to get Williams that score uh, in the blowout. Mm-hmm. Allen correctly declined to do that and said, no, just take a knee, go into victory formation, let's get the hell out of here and end this season. And the players turned and said, no, screw you, we're doing it anyway. Um and, and made the decision to get Jamal Williams that touchdown. Both teams are lucky nobody got hurt, right? Because Atlanta wasn't ready to defend because it's victory formation. Right. And they could have gotten hurt or, or taken – or they could have taken umbrage and delivered a cheap shot to somebody. Any number of things could have gone wrong with that. But it's the worst uh, to me uh, of Week 18 because you don't give the, the give-up look – and then do that. You do not do that. You don't. That's the only sport. That's the only time I think in sports that you can have a give up look that you, okay, we're not going to try to score here and you're going to not try to do anything to us. And we're just going to do this thing uh, to, to run a play so that the play clock doesn't go to zero. And then we can all move on with our lives. That's the only time in sports that you can do that the, the closest thing to that is basketball when you're dribbling out the clock but it, it's still not quite the same because uh it, it you're not you know you're not completely taking it you're not giving yourself up and then you know trying to drive in and dunk on somebody it it, it just doesn't happen that way and it never happens in football where you give the the look that you're going to take a knee and just give up and then go ahead and run a play anyway that, that that's just terrible somebody could have really gotten messed up uh, doing some crazy shit like that, and it's just a terrible look uh, all around. It's terrible on the Saints. It's terrible, uh, you know, for the Falcons to get embarrassed like that. But it's it's just it's just I never seen anything quite like that. It was just terrible. Oh wow! Well, hold on one moment. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Bye bye. Oh. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Good night, buddy. You guys have- Oh, yes, we do have to get back to our show. Thank you. Okay. Thought he had something profound to say. He said he did. He said hello. And then he you know said what's goodbye. So, this is, I love the segue that we're going to go to through this because this might be the most opposed on a view that we've been on Uh-oh. anything all season because this is my smartest of the week. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> wow. If, you know, yeah. Jameis Winston, and, the, and they all backed him up. Everybody grouped up together. Yes, so you're, you're blatantly defying, defying the coach, so that might speak to a, a a larger problem, you know, with the organization or with the coaching staff. But the coach sends in the kneel down, and they want to get the guy the touchdown. They call it. They do it. They agree to it. They all back each other up on it. You know, this whatever you want to call it, like the code of honor. 
I don't know, but nobody's uh, nobody's mad about it. You can't point at any one person and say it's that person's fault. They're all like, yeah, we all decided it was a team decision. And Jamal Williams goes in, and then, of course, Arthur Smith um, gets red ass and goes up to Dennis Allen after the game and starts uh, complaining to him. Uh, the, the little Patrick Mahomes in him there, you know? Very angry. Very angry, but you know what? Hey, it's the game. Go Stop them. Or do something, you know. Yes, it was unexpected. Yes, it was surprising. Uh, could somebody, somebody could get hurt on every play. Uh, I don't know what the chances are that somebody's going to get hurt on Jamal Williams just, you know, barreling through a couple of guys up the middle uh, into the end zone so he can get his one and only touchdown of the year. It was funny after having, uh, what, 16 touchdowns the previous season with Detroit. Uh, what the crazy number that he had, which shows you how weird touchdowns uh, can be as a stat, almost like pitcher wins in baseball. Um, how many times also did he just get to one? What? Also, also that he went to a team uh, that uh, has a has Taysom Tebow that they want to use down right. at the goal line. So that's another. Uh, in there, but you would have figured yeah. Jamal Williams would have fallen in the end zone once this year. Well, he did, yeah. and good yeah. for them. That was my smartest of the week. Arthur Smith, goodbye. You can be as mad about it as you want on the unemployment line. Good riddance. I'm glad they. I'm glad that's the, the way. I'm glad that's the way that he went out. So that's sort of a double smartest of the week for me. Not only did you, you know, get your guy the touchdown and then group up around him and you know not say, hey, it was all Jameis or hey, it was all somebody else because I kind of know Jameis was the probably the ringleader of this whole thing. Yes, there's no doubt it was. Jameis. But everybody backed him up. They really do like him down there. We'll we'll see if he gets unceremoniously cut in the off season. Um, or, or he gets made to coach, one of the two. Or what? what right, or what happens. Uh, but also, they send Arthur Smith packing. What better fashion to do it in than that? I loved it. Smartest of the week. That's what's clouding it for you, is that it happened to a coach that you were ready to, to get fired immediately as soon That's as the right. game just was over. pile ready. it on. <laughs> just, just pile it on. Just punch him when he's down. Kick him when he's down. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Especially as you saw through the week with the like the Jameis Winston with the press conferences and the questions about it and how coy he was playing with the report. You know, it, it was all pretty hilarious. And then all the Saints players talking about how you know they all had each other's backs on this, and uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I yeah, we definitely are the on the other side of that. Uh, I know everyone can get hurt on every play, but. My deal is, uh, yeah, you want me to stop you. Um, okay, let's line up like men, and then maybe I'll have a chance to stop you. But when you get in this pussy give-up formation and then decide to run, no, that's that's not giving me a chance to stop you. That That's, that's dirty pool as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it was great. <laughs> you just love it because Arthur Smith got screwed. Uh, my smartest of the week, we, we basically segueing into each category seamlessly. We, we do that sometimes and we don't plan it like that at all. Um, so my worst was your smartest, which leads to my smartest. Uh, Houston, uh, the Texans win by four uh, in Indianapolis, uh, as you said, went on to uh, lock up the AFC South after the Jaguars gagged it up the next day. Uh, so that was, that was Saturday. And that means that they likely lose the game, not definitely, but they likely lose if not four the offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick's very first play call of the game, that was my smartest of week 18. C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, home run, 75 yards, 
first yeah. Houston play after a long field goal drive by the Indianapolis Colts. Whole Colts secondary needed Pepto-Bismol after that because they had to be like, oh, shit. <laughs> We're going to do this all day? Oh, my God. Uh, so it wound up being a close game that the uh, Texans only win by four, 23 to 19. So if they don't get that, maybe the Colts pull it out. It, it, you never know. They they only win by four, and, and that's six points, that's seven points right there, right off the bat. Uh, you know, the Texans D took it to a new level and held the Colts down for a while. Then in the second half, all of a sudden, the Colts kind of switch things up. They go a bunch of zone blocking. Uh, they become unstoppable in, in the run game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor goes crazy, and CJ had to respond, and, and his pass catchers come through in the end, and the Colts' pass catchers don't. Just a brutal fourth down drop by Tyler Goodson, which might have a, an award for you later on. I don't know, but that was just terrible. Um, that that might have kept the game going if he holds on to that catch, but uh, could, not, could not get it done. But that was the smartest to me. It's kind of simplistic, but, hey, if you got the matchup, you got the play, you've been practicing all week, First play of the game, let's go. Home run. Nico Collins, smartest play of the, of the week to me. Wow. Yeah, def, def, definitely not seeing eye-to-eye on our smartest of the week on <laughs> on this one. We've, I know that's the first time we might have ever had a worst become someone else's smartest, uh, but that's okay. That had to be a first, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Definitely uh, did not see that coming. Uh, so you're uh, your dumbest uh, of yeah. week 18? Hey, talking about getting players hurt, let's talk about Dan oh. Campbell and the Detroit don't, Lions. Don't, 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 You want to talk about lining up in victory formation, maybe getting somebody hurt? How about keeping your first team offense out on the game, out in the game that they didn't need? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, again, the Lions, hey, they got me the cover. I'm happy, but keeping your first team offense out there as guys keep getting injured. Amon Ross St. Brown goes down, doesn't come back in the game. They lose Sam Laporta possibly to the point where his status could be affected for this weekend. They say he's going to try to go, but you know how that works, right? Even if a guy is trying to go, it doesn't mean that he's going to be as effective as he was. And that's one of sort of the linchpins of their offense, but coaching and playing a little too hard for the spot that you're in, where not only did you need the win, which you got, which was fine, you kept the pressure on, you also needed both NFC East leading teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, to both lose for you to move anywhere in the playoff seating. Um, it's okay to, to keep your guys out there if you want to keep, you know, keep them fine-tuned, but that those, none of those guys should have been out there as late into that game as they were. And, uh, yeah, Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions, maybe they learn a lesson here. Um, you know, he's not going anywhere, but good for them. They get to host their first playoff game in 30 years, they, they, but at what cost? <laughs> um, are they going to do it by playing a little too hard against the Minnesota Vikings uh, on route to a 30-20 to 20 win that they really didn't need? No. No, they didn't. No! I concur. That's two weeks in a row for the uh, the kneecap-biting coach in Motown. He got my dumbest the week before for that silliness trying to run the two-point conversion from the 50-yard line. Like, dude, it's okay. You can take the one. Yes. So then he comes back with this game in uh, in Detroit, bombs away. Jerry Goff, Nick Mullins, air it out. 
but losing Sam Laporta, no, not worth the battle. Not worth it at all. No. I'm, I'm comple- completely in lockstep with you on that. Uh, definitely the dumbest. I thought uh, this is where I picked the Vikings to cover the spread because I really thought Dan Campbell would take out his guys at some point. Uh, right. Third quarter, you know, second quarter, something like that, and throttle it down. But he got caught up in the competition, and he fought Minnesota the whole way. And, uh, again, Nick Mullins was a playmaker for his team and then became a playmaker for the other team. Uh, and it's also funny, the crowd cheering wildly when uh, Dan Skipper checked in and reported as eligible. That was hilarious. We don't have a funniest of the week, but if we did, that would be it. That was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I'm completely with you. What What are you doing? Why yep. are you playing all your guys all the way to the very end? The zeros on the clock, and all the starters were still in, and you lose uh, your very talented rookie tight end. Uh, he's not going to play tomorrow. I don't give a fuck that he was out there practicing today. They're not going to run him out there with a hyperextended knee. I'm sorry. Just not not worth it. Not not worth no, it. No, and, and even if he does go, is he effective, or is he out there for the first no. three plays of the game, and then on the first tackle of the game he crumples, and then, oh, well, his right. return is questionable. Um, <laughs> his knee is hanging off his leg. His return is questionable. He's dragging his leg behind him. Uh-huh. Uh, no, sometimes you can lose. It's okay. It's all right. You had it sewn up. You had your spot. It's not like you were going to lose a seed. You were going to be no worse than you are. You could have been, it could have moved up, but you still got the win, and you didn't move up, which yeah. was why you picked the Vikings. You thought that the Lions would go out there, get their tune-up in, and then they would throttle down. And Most every other coach would have taken the starters out at yeah. some point. And then at that point, well, that point should have been when people started dropping. Then it's like, <laughs> mm, okay. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. I may have (laughs) made a mistake. Yeah, fool me once. (laughs) I won't get fooled again. (laughs) Okay, W. Thank you. But Uh, no, uh, Dan Dan Campbell, uh, maybe not knowing what to do with the prosperity, let's say, mm -hmm. um, not a good look. No, he's very, very competitive, and and I understand that. But you can be too competitive, clearly. Uh, so, so what happened? What, what's your surprise of week 18? Hey, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I was not familiar with the game of Bengals backup quarterbacks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Jake Browning continuing in the proud tradition of A.J. McCarron, let's just say, uh, surprised me because what was that? <laughs> uh, if you you know what I'm referencing. There were some shots in the crowd and an outfit that I wasn't quite sure what it was. Um, good for you, Jake Browning. I'm surprised. <laughs> Apparently Bengals backup QBs uh, do quite well for themselves. Yeah, good. Good for him. Good for them. <laughs> uh, you know? We probably see a lot more uh, ladies uh, like that if if the cameras really wanted to focus on that type of thing. I, that might be uh, I don't know. That I I, be... I wasn't, but the outfit was I I don't know what that was. Uh, that was clearly a look at me outfit, mm-hmm. um, in a look at me spot, and I just don't know what it is. But what is it with these sort of also ran backup Bengals quarterbacks? Guys <laughs> do well for themselves. Uh, Jake Browning girlfriend is the uh, very first thing that comes up when you try to search uh, 
Jake Browning. Yeah, that's it's not even about him anymore. Who cares? Nope. Nope. Jake Browning girlfriend with the with the full body suit. Uh whatever uh yeah. <laughs> uh, fitting and, and hugging all the curves. Uh let's yeah. put it that way. This isn't the first time you're seeing this, I'm hoping. It is. I, I, I Oh, was, you didn't uh, know what I was talking about. That's no. George Clooney. <laughs> I was not aware. I <laughs> Okay. No, I, I didn't hear anything about that. George okay. Clooney. You've been reading about all that? You've been seeing that? George Clooney. No, I, I didn't know about, uh, what's her name? Stephanie Niles. Uh, I didn't know that. Body suit was designed by her cousin. Uh, and, and she goes viral for it. Uh, which, yes. Uh, I guess I'm too old to know what goes viral anymore. Cause I, uh, by the way, I also don't know anything about this Cat uh, Williams interview that everyone's been talking about. I no, I don't know a, anything a single, about that either. But I haven't heard a single I, thing. I don't know can, anything about perhaps it. Perhaps now you can share in my surprise. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> um, may, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I, I follow a lot of uh, ladies on, on Twitter that dress kind of like that. So it's not quite as surprising to me, but... Yeah. You shouldn't be surprised. I guess is the, is what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay. Um, wow. So yeah, that 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 is a well. What happened to, to to her clothes? Yeah, that that is quite the surprise. Um, in Cincinnati in January, by the way. <laughs> well, she had sleeves on, so you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, all her skin was covered. It's just the suit was extremely uh, very tight uh, for those who haven't seen it. Uh, so my surprise uh, stayed on the field. How, how the hell did Buffalo knock off Miami with Project throwing those ridiculous arm punts again? How did they you win were, that game? You and I, I was actually regretting my pick um, <laughs> when you were, you're just texting me another arm punt. I'm like, ah, oh, uh. yeah, yeah, and, and they started out. Dueling bad throws for INT. So uh, yeah. Project and Tua started out like crap. Uh, but Project throws, you know, another just terrible decision, running out of bounds. Ah, just throws it up. Uh, and then his worst mistake might not have been the interception. His worst mistake might have been throwing short of the end zone with no timeouts left to end the first half. Yes. Um, and letting a half in with no points. That uh, was – and then the coach, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, immediately getting the halftime interviews, like he can't do that. He, he just can't do that. Uh, you know, there's no sugarcoating when you when you make those type of mistakes. And you know, dawn on me at that point, this is just who he is. You can't coach it out of him. This is who he is as a player. Uh, you know, he, he's going to make those mistakes. You're going to get those great plays out of him. You're going to get those terrible plays, and that's just you know, it, it's all together. It all comes in the same package. Uh, he makes a drive full of strong throws in the third quarter before coughing up the rock to Christian Wilkins. So, it, yeah, it, it looked like for all intents and purposes that it was going to be uh, the Dolphins taking that game. And then the 95-yard punt return touchdown by Deontay Hardy just turned everything around, made it a new game, yep. uh, turned all the momentum. And then a Superman drive by Project uh, just uh, takes over the game, gets the victory. The, the moment Tua loses Tyreek, Hill for a play at the end of the game. That's the moment he eats one up and gets intercepted. Oh by yeah, Taylor wrapped the about an arm put that throw into double coverage. I'm like, where is he throwing uh, that the ball? The, yeah, well, he's throwing he it to the Bills. To? That, yeah, apparently, evidently. 
uh, yeah, very fitting. Uh, Dolphins offense without their weapons, it, it sucks. I'm sorry, it just does. Uh, but that was the, the surprise to me is that the Bills really for three quarters looked like the worst team on the field, uh, the worst of the two, and they come out and they come away with the 21-14 win. It's like what? How? How do they do that? I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> perfect segue to my uh, letdown of the week <laughs> was that whole game. Because that was, this was the right. How can you not be let down by that yeah. game? That was the buildup. That was the what was originally going to be uh, possibly a winner. You're out type game for the right. Bills, and part of my feeling about that game was like when we were talking about it in text during the game was once I don't know if the Bills had the same edge as if they were playing for their lives because they weren't, they were, they were playing for where are we next week at that point. So it's hard. I think when you're amped up and then, Oh wait, we're in <laughs> wait, wait, Tennessee beat Jacksonville. We're, we're in. And, and, and then now they have to go out there and, and now play for the division title. They still won the game, but it was a horrible game. So in that respect, that's why for me, it was a letdown. And, and you, you summed it up perfectly. Uh, two terrible interceptions to start the game deep in the opponent territory, right? Right. I mean, they uh, the, the Dolphins go straight down, boom, turn it over. <laughs> Bills go, yeah, all right, we got the ball. We're gonna, now, then they go all the way down there, and then they turn it over on interceptions. And it's just kind of an ugly game. It's middling along. Uh, Dolphins are up a touchdown. Doesn't look like. Bills are going to be able to mount anything, even though Josh Allen is putting up a, a whole hell of a lot of empty stats in the game. He still threw for 359 on the day, but sprinkled in there were all these ugly turnovers. And then yeah. wouldn't it, wouldn't you know a special teams t- uh, touchdown, right? And that, catching that it thing before and run it all the way back is just crazy. Yeah, the thing that you just can't account for. Yeah, you know, start of the fourth quarter. Bills, Dolphins, nobody's doing anything, scoreless third quarter, and they put them deep, and Deontay Hardy takes back 96 yards to the house, and Buffalo you know, woke up, like, oh, I feel better. And then they played like the Bills for the last quarter of that game. And what a strange game, but a massive letdown for what was supposed to be these two AFC juggernauts, and... It, the Bills go in now is, like you said, one of the weakest two seeds maybe that you've ever seen. And the Dolphins get to go do the thing that you don't want to go do if you play in Miami. You get to go play in 30 below wind chills. <laughs> they don't just go on the road. They go into the fucking Arctic. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that uh, coming up. Right. So that to me, that just that game and the environment and then just sort of the – air coming out of the balloon after what was a pretty good weekend of football to end on that was just like a a big thud yeah it it, it was pretty uh deflating it was it was so odd though but at the same time it was weird and deflating you also had project looking like superman at at times and it's like he's just the same guy He's, Same guy. He is our genera- this generation's, what was our generation originally, but with this generation, he's like Brett Favre right now, right? Yes. 
Yeah, so that, that's clearly now we we got, he's gone from basically being project. If we can if we could pair him to somebody from our early times watching football, he's Brett Favre. He's got the cannon arm. He'll make the wow plays, and then he'll make the wow what was that plays. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, yeah. He put the team on his back at times, and at other times yeah. he'll make throws that make you want to grab him by the head and go, "Why did you do that?" What right. was that? And, yeah, and he'll also have those no, 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 yes, yes, yes plays. Uh-huh, yeah. So yep. he'll do it all, but yeah, he, he's basically, for, for the younger generation, <laughs> He's <laughs> this is what it was like watching Brett Favre play football. You never saw Brett Favre play. That's pretty much uh, what it looked like. Um, and at some point, will he put it, will he hold it all together just barely long enough to win a ring and sort of validate all of that? Time still will will tell as far as that goes. Right. Because you, well, we, needs, we remember. Needs, if we're using the Favre analogy, what Allen needs is Mike Holmgren now. Right? Because okay. he, he, that's what Favre got, right? That when, when they reined it in for those three, four seasons where he was efficient and you know, he wasn't believing all of his own press, and then they won that Super Bowl early in his career. And then after Holmgren left, he was, you know, he's the toast of the town. He could do whatever he wants, and then he, they lost control of him. Allen, does Allen, does Allen have that guy? Was that Brian Dable? Now he's gone? He uh, far barely reined it in under Holmgren. I mean, barely. Well, those two what? MVP seasons, so those back-to-back in 96 and 97, he was contained. He... Lots of touchdowns, low interceptions. The, those were his best years. And then when, when Holmgren skipped, Favre just went off the rails. He was still Favre, and he still did great things, but he was much more erratic after that. I, I have a slightly different take on it. Uh, I, I understand he was uh, a little uh, less crazy, a little less yaha. Uh, but what he needs even more than a home grin is he needs a Reggie White. He needs a, a playmaker to come oh. in on the other side of the ball uh, sure. to, to well, shut things down. <laughs> the Bills tried uh, to do that until their whole yeah. defense got hurt. Right. Yeah, they, they they got Von Miller, and then he started beating up his girlfriend. And, yeah, it's, it's... – Right, but Matt Milano goes down. Tredavious right. White is always – Right, you know? yeah. So they had this defense that you thought would be there, right, early in the season. That when mm-hmm. We were talking about the Bills on that run. And they all you started know, when, falling apart. Right, and then the Bills' defense starts falling apart. So what do you need now from your quarterback? Pressure's on, arm punch. Superman. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I don't think the uh, the Bills necessarily were playing lesser than uh, because they had the playoff spot sewed up. Because you say they weren't necessarily playing uh, on the edge or whatever. A project was on the edge, throwing up those arm punts and throwing crazy. <laughs> he was edgy. He was just as edgy as he always is because that's who he is. He can't help himself. Hey, this is your <sighs> hey, your Super Bowl team is still alive. I I don't know how. I I really I honestly don't know how. So what uh, let you down? I'm a Bears fan. The events in Wisconsin oh, let yeah. me down. Uh, yes, I picked the pack to cover, but it's still a letdown to see Jordan Love again, like week one, look like the next in line to torture Chicago over and over again as a Packers quarterback. Uh, and he's making those Favre and Rodgers like jump throw <laughs> touchdowns like it's their I'm birthright. I'm texting you during Jeez, the game. Like, oh, man. Ah. <laughs> he's doing it. Yeah, yeah. Got, oh man, you got, you've got to be having some PTSD at this point. I, 
I, you know, he continues to frighten all Bears fans by looking like the next Green Bay, the next great Green Bay quarterback. It was oh, just so maddening. And I still think Justin Fields, by the way, uh, has too much bad coaching and, and blocking to look like a great investment. Like I, I watched uh, parts of that game because it was down here uh, on, on our, uh, it was part of our uh, coverage. And I, I, I'm not, believe me, uh, get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it would not be a good investment to keep Justin Fields and, and, and eventually give him the bag. What I'm saying is he doesn't have the ability to show convincingly, overwhelmingly, 100% that it would be the right investment. He can't ever play like that with that coaching, uh, with those terrible game plans, and with that offensive line, which can't block anybody. There's no way he could ever look good enough uh, to, to be worth the investment. Does that mean you shouldn't make the investment? No, but I get the feeling they're not going to make the investment. Uh, and, and if he go, whether he goes to Atlanta or somewhere else, that I'm afraid he's going to go somewhere else and, and become a, a Pro Bowler uh, over and over. Um, but that's that's what frightens me or, or rankles me so much as a Bears fan is that looking at the game plans and looking at the blocking, uh, he can't look good enough to to be worth the the bag because it's just not the, the the tools aren't there at all in Chicago for him to, for him or any other quarterback to look like it's worth it. So now they get rid of the OC, uh, but they keep the coach, uh, uh Flues, which I don't think that's uh, necessarily a good idea, but yeah, guess he had to go cause those game plans were absolute trash. Uh, but that's what let me down. I was like, Oh shit. Here, here's green Bay just owning the bears again. Here's Jordan love yeah. uh, turning into a great quarterback right before our eyes and making those great throws and, and uh, just absolutely drove me crazy. I mean, yeah, he carved them up. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no other way around it. And and, and big boy throws, too. Um, yeah. The throw that he made to ice it at the end when he extended the play and then he was at Jaden Reed, I think he caught down, like threw it to him up the left sideline, and then Reed cuts it all the way back across the field for like a 50-yard gain to put that thing away. Um, those were those were the big boy throws. Um, and that's what Jordan Love wasn't doing early and grew into. And all of a sudden, he's and he's doing it with nobody. And I do not, I am not going to make this. You threw out a name making fun of it last week, and you're, oh, Dontavian make, Wicks. He'll make some guy named Dontavian Wicks look good. And who does he throw both of his touchdowns to? Uh, was he rookie of the week? <laughs> Dontavian catching two Wicks scores, I would two, hope so. Two touchdowns, yeah. Uh, no, it's because so. I'm about to make a comparison here or an analogy or or draw a comparison, and I do not want anybody to take their conclusion from this that I am trying to make a point on of me saying it all that Jordan Love is better than Patrick Mahomes. He is not. But, But. But all we heard all year was Patrick Mahomes, right? MVP, multiple time, I believe, MVP, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, two-time Super Bowl appearance, all that, all all he got held up on this year was this with, with the crutch was uh, he has no help. All these receivers, man, they're all trash, right? He's got pro NFL wide receivers. Are they trash? Yes, but that was sort of his excuse all season, right? Like he was getting a buy and a pass all week and all year about these bad receivers. Who the hell is Jordan Love throwing the football to? Jordan Love threw for almost 4,200 yards. His leading receiver, I don't believe, topped much over 700, right? He's just throwing to dudes. Youngest team in the NFL. 
to ever make the playoffs, by the way. Yeah. And none of his receivers, more than two-year pros. And all of those guys, all of them, including the quarterback, all got better as the season went on. But all we had to hear week after week after week after week with the Chiefs was, it's all the receivers' fault. So I'm not saying he's better, but clearly everybody elevated their game. They all grew together. And that's just those two angles, right? Do you see where I'm going? I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um I'm not saying that he's better. I'm not saying any of that, but what I'm saying maybe it's more of a dig at Mahomes. Like you should why aren't you elevating your players? Why why isn't anybody growing in that system? One guy. <laughs> Somebody might go, well, Rasheed Rice uh, clearly emerged as the – yeah, everybody else is still trash. And nobody fears anybody where you had the Packers go out there and Jordan Love and he – all the things that he did, and he did great this year, especially as the season progressed, was all of these guys, they all grew. And no, and all of these guys are nobodies. So yeah, the same, they, they are. It's impossible. I just... So I'm going to stop giving Patrick Mahomes the pass on the excuse that all the wide receivers are just trash. Make them better. I'm going to keep giving them a pass. It keeps that, that <laughs> one, that last catch, uh, that, uh, that last interception to Kadarius Tony, the last game he played where <laughs> Mahomes literally put it in the guy's hands and he, ah! yeps it up in the air for an INT. Like, how can you possibly do it any better than that? I, what what else can he do? Just I know. I'm just I, I understand two, what you're saying. The, I'm just talking about the wildly contrasting narratives, right? Sure. sure. Zero Pro Bowlers. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have Kelsey. He doesn't. You know, doesn't have all that. And he's not an MVP. And you know any of that stuff. And. It's just amazing, though, that you actually get to see a team with that core of just nobody is going out there and winning NFL games. Well, the beauty of sports debates is that somebody could stay up all night arguing with someone else about if Patrick Mahomes had Jaron Reed and Contavious Wicks, whatever the fuck his name is. I guess. That TV have just... Yeah, somebody wants to start the argument and say that the Packers wide receiver core is better than the Chiefs. But okay, but Bo Melton, practice squad uh, <laughs> king, uh, Tucker Tucker Craft. I'm not going to argue it all night, but somebody will. Um, somebody but, would. But, uh, and for the Bears, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, whatever, whatever they do this off season will be wrong. We just know it. Yes. That's, that's the big thing. Whatever decision they the make, DNA, is going to be the you're never going to get away from it. They already made the big mistake of keeping the coach. Um, I still think they should keep Fields, though. So maybe keeping the coach is an indicator that they're going to what I think is the right thing to do, which is keep Fields and trade the pick, fleece somebody, do what you did that's... in Carolina, and 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 load up. That's, that's exactly what up. I would do at this point. Uh, you, you got rid of the OC, bring in a better OC, trade yeah. the pick, and, and put actual talent around Justin Fields and see uh, how, how good that, that works. That's what I right. would do. That's not what they're yeah. going to do, but that's what I would do. And that game ends up going 17-9. to 9. I can tell you, watching it bell to bell, it was way closer than it should yeah, have been. Yeah, the Bears that, were not even – Yeah, they were never in that game. No. I, I understand that. Uh, so up to you uh, for Joe. 
struggling. Well, one more for the road. We've got to talk about somebody who we're not going to have to talk about anymore here for the postseason. Let's talk about putting up double goose eggs to oh. end the season. The Carolina Panthers, man. Wow. Uh, you go to, to Jacksonville, or actually, that, that was in, was that in Carolina? Uh, oh, the week 17. Oh, that was in Jacksonville. Yeah. That was in that Jacksonville. That was when, uh, so when was, the owner yeah. goes down to Jacksonville the owner dumped it on their fans. Then they go home. Hey, we're going to go home. Yeah. We got a chance. We're going to try to play some spoiler. Uh, we, we we could do some damage in the division, and they do less than nothing. <laughs> they, they they Their defense showed up. Their defense showed up most of the season. They hold the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to three field goals. And lose nine to nothing. Bryce mm. Young, ninety-four yards passing, ugh, in in his season ender, eleven of eighteen for ninety-four. That is atrocious. Uh, it, it just what an uninspired, flat, awful effort uh, to cap off what ended up being a two and fifteen season. And I'm shocked they got to two. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I mean, they beat Houston, and I don't even remember who they beat the other game. <laughs> was that Atlanta? It might have been. Because they were losing to all the bad teams. So, But they get to two wins. They probably didn't even deserve that. One of the worst teams, one of the worst seasons that you're going to see. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah. They beat, the, beat Atlanta 9-7. to Barber. Yeah. Oh, my God. Goodbye. You guys are struggling, and the cupboard is completely bare, and you don't even get your number one draft pick that you earned. Nope. And that goes to Chicago, thankfully, as a Bears fan. Struggling. I concur. <laughs> what a finish. Back-to-back shutouts. Oof. And finding ways to make it more painful versus the Bucks by getting so close to scoring on two occasions, if you saw the highlights or the lowlights of that game. And they kept giving the home crowd a reason to cheer, and then, nope, never mind, take it back. Uh, first, uh, DJ Chark running to the house for a touchdown, except Antoine Winfield just barely knocks the ball out before he crosses the goal line, so it's your favorite call, the fumble out of the back of the end zone uh. for the touchback. The worst rule in sports. I love it. I love that rule. I hope they never change. I'm sure they will because enough people complain about it, but I love that rule. If you don't want the touchback, hold on to the fucking ball and take it actually all the way to the end zone. Yeah. Raheem Blackshear, fourth quarter, 28-yard touchdown run. Rumble, young man, rumble. Oh, wait, illegal formation. Nullifies the TD. And the very next play, Bryce Young gets strip-sacked and turns it over to Tampa Bay. So congratulations, Buccaneers, but my God, Carolina blows and swallows. Terrible. Just terrible. Yeah. And good for Antoine Winfield. That's actually his second uh, stripping somebody right before they score for a touchback. He did that earlier in the year as well. So good for him. So, yeah, we both definitely have the Panthers uh, struggling. And that just leaves the last award for the regular season for Week 18. Danielle, take us out. Somebody thinks they're the smartest guy in the room. Because I'll tell you what, when you have, I'm going to name off, I'm just going to name off impact playmakers on your team. 
and Zach Moss and Michael Pittman and Josh Downs and Alec Pierce and even freaking Mo Alley Cox and Kyle Granson. And you put your season on the line in the hands <laughs> of practice squad warrior, Packers practice squad reject, Tyler Goodson. That guy. Season on the line. Wide open. Does yaks. And your season's now over. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. They drew it up. They just drew it up to the wrong damn guy. Uh, Man, what are you doing? All those players, all those playmakers, and that's not the time to be throwing it to the seldom-used practice squad warrior uh, flaring out of your backfield with your season on the brink. What what the fuck was that? Brutal. Just brutal. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's about all you can say about it. Is is brutal. Yeah, that's a, a decent uh, core of talent that you got there, and, and mm-hmm. nope, nope, none of them, none of those guys. There's a lot They're of teams even... that would be happy to have two or three of those guys, and you've got yeah. all those players that you could draw things up for, and you throw a flare out of the backfield to a guy who's barely been on your team most of the season. And it, this is one of those that looked great on paper kind of plays. And it even and looked great when they ran the play because the guy was wide open. Wide open. And, yeah, Tyler Goodson just, oh, man. Couldn't, couldn't wrap so, it up. You got to feel for him. Uh, he's crying in the locker room oh, yeah. after the game. I mean, you know, I, I get it. You know, these, these guys are human. They all have feelings. But, mm, man, coaches, staff, and everybody – Come on, you got to ride with the guys that got you there at that point. And uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, that you called it, was having one hell of a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, 188 yards on the ground, exactly like you thought he would do. And then you had Stroud doing what I thought he would do, and you kind of had the, you know, the immovable object and the irresistible force going at it this whole game with the ground game of the Colts, and then the passing game of the Texans, and it all just trickles out of the hands of. Tyler Goodson and man, it is just I just I mean at that point I just kind of hung my head down like mm. <laughs> wow what what I felt bad even winning that pick after that happened <laughs> uh, you you got to take it you know you, you got to take it with, I mean I'm know, not going to give it every back. W of course <laughs> speaking of WTF one more appearance before the season ends from our guy Lou in Jersey what's going on Lou hey. How about that? I didn't think I'd hear the beep. All right, well, it's that time of year. Playoffs, firings, the whole nine yards. Yep, we yeah. waited through the entire regular season, and we're, we're finally here. Yeah, we did. Yeah, finally. Of course, uh, you always got to wonder about, you know, there's always going to be that one division, though, that's, you know, really like the uh, pathetic of all the divisions out there. Namely, the NFC South. I mean, that that division, you know, it was just a complete joke. You know, it used to be when we didn't have four divisions, it made more competitive football. Ever since we got, you know, this extra division in, it's kind of wore down the game. Now, what do you think? 
Well, uh, at least you know I, I will give the Bucks credit. At least they had a winning record because we've had division yes, winners. Really. You know, like we had with, was that Washington a season yes. or two ago? You know where they yep. we were staring down a season where six wins might have gotten somebody uh, that division. It was so bad in the NFC East. Week, week, week. Yeah, I don't like so, that. yeah. Tampa, New Orleans, and Atlanta. You you could just put them all in a bag and jumble that bag up, and one of those three was 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 going to win it. And mm-hmm. you know, Andre and I both picked Atlanta before the season started. They clearly had the best. Uh, talent of those three, uh, but they had the worst coach. <laughs> and uh, oh. that didn't go well for them. And the Saints were very mediocre all season, and the Bucks caught yeah. just enough just enough fire. The Bucks had with Baker and Mike Evans and the shell of that defense that they won the Super you mean Bowl. Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, they had they got just enough. Baker well. actually had Baker had a nice season. Uh, I don't think he yeah. played bad. They they won the division. I'll give it to them. They they didn't just back in. They they won it. Yeah. And we we are old uh, enough to remember the three uh, divisions uh, for each conference. Yeah. Um, now I am. Yeah, we we remember. Uh, it's it's probably a little worse uh, for for quality for some of these teams to get in and, and claim to be division champs. There have been some really terrible division yeah. champs uh, in the last several years, but. Uh, it's still, you know, exciting. You still got, you know, more teams that are sort of competing uh, at the end. So it's a little more exciting. So there's a trade-off there. Mm. I'm not too thrilled, though, that, you know, how this new season is working while you're putting one game on a streaming service, and if you don't have it, you're sunk. You know, I don't like that. If you want to do it during the regular season, okay, fine. But in a playoff season, no, that is not acceptable. I'm sorry. It's it's a it's a controversial take and it's definitely gotten a lot of discussion. Um, I, I'm not really of a of, of somebody that can argue the the point because I actually already have Peacock, so I don't know. You know, mm. the people who don't have Peacock, hardly anyone is running out to get Peacock at this point just to get you know one right. football playoff game. So it, right. it's it, it's going to work for some people to, to subscribe, but it's not going to be like as mass. Group, of, I can't imagine they get you know more than a few thousand people to sign up just for that game. So you'll get that um, free trial. You get the you'll get the seven day free trial, people. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get what you get is a lot more people that's just going to go over to someone's house that has Peacock. That's all that's going to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it for free. I haven't got it yet. I haven't got no free trial yet. Either either someone's house or a bar. So that's all that's really going to – I don't think it's really that big of a deal in the, in the grand scheme of things. And, of course, you know, all the coaching – all the coaching changes going around, you know, as Black Monday hit. Uh, prize of uh, Belichick's uh, dismissal, the departure, what do you want to call it? No. No. Mm. That didn't, uh, did you, oh, if you saw the Patriots play this year, no, that shouldn't have surprised yeah, and, and it's and it was yeah, being yeah. and it was being kind of floated out there and telegraphed all season long. Um, so I think yeah. that was sort of to prepare everybody for it, and then their play yeah. didn't make it any better. No, it's kind of uh, like with the Giants with uh, Martindale. I yeah, that was also that. you know. It, and that was also kind of telegraphed the the fact that him and Brian Dable are cursing at each other. Like obviously they're oh, not yeah, yeah. they don't like, they don't like each other. 
Uh, they plain don't like each other. You don't have to like each other. You just got to work good. Nobody's going to like each other. Yeah, I think the most surprising to me was Mike Vrabel. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, they weren't... don't forget, don't forget uh, I think Martin Nail said he'd rather be going back to being a game show host than a, than a football, than being well in football. Anyway, oh, okay. Uh, di- was... Different different week, Martin Dale. Sorry. It was uh-huh. a joke. It was sarcastic. So it's okay. We we got you. Hey, hey! Yeah, we're on the age to understand that joke. Most most people probably don't. If you're uh, other, if you're over certain age like ourselves, yes. If you're under like <laughs> under thirty, no. They're under forty. It, it, he hasn't been He's around in a, in a uh, he hasn't hosted game shows in a long time. I, I think it's been many many years. For well, that. ones that have been well, that ones have been worth mentioning. But other than that, you know, because I'm not that young either anymore. I may look young, but I'm not that young. Uh, uh, who do you think's getting uh, getting all the way through to the to the playoffs? You like the uh, the Niners and Ravens, or you think somebody's going to knock them off? Well, it's a possi- it's a possibility. I I did have the um, 49ers from the beginning, but I also have Buffalo. But they've been on, they were through a, a whirlwind all season. You know, I had to switch it up. So I'm thinking now it could be the Ravens. You know, I thought for sure that you know that. Buffalo's going to be strong this year. And I thought maybe the Jets would be a close second, you know, with Rodgers. But after he got injured, that went straight out the window, and you couldn't even get a good back of quarterback to match it up. So after that happened, that went shot straight down to hell, and the rest is history. I know as a Jets fan, that still rankles you. Yeah. Well, you know, we, you got, I mean, first of all, it's just high hopes, and, you know, it fell apart. Yeah, got to wait till next year. All right, Lou, you going to get your plugs in? Yes, uh, we are on tomorrow, the Enhanced Sports Show. We keep rolling all season long. Number to call is 512-543-4662. By the way, it's 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, so keep that in mind. We go by New York time. Uh, of course, we'll have the college, uh, we'll have the NFL playoffs. We'll have the, back of the college um, championship final, which was a doozy. Uh, the You're Fired edition, I mean, all the uh, NFL Fired Coaches, or a.k.a. Black Monday. Um, we'll also take care of some M- NBA NHL action. Uh, we'll take care of some college basketball action because there's actually a very a very big game on tomorrow on the women's side. That's right. Normally we don't usually cover this, but every now and again you find something interesting in the women's game, and tomorrow's one of those times I'll be covering of course, we'll also have some UFC and WWE news for those of special interest. Uh, we also have our Ridiculous Iron of the Week. Actually, I got more than one. Oh, oh boy. Um, the Feel Good Story of the Week. Uh, this Week in Sports History. And um, those are called. I want to get your prediction for uh, your best sports prediction for the for 2024, if you can. So remember, that's 4 to 6 Eastern Time, and the number is. Five one two five four three four six six two, and it's a live show, so uh, there is a PG. So uh, try not to use any uh, certain four-letter and five-letter words. Hey, they got you all covered. All right, yeah. Lou. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. The one and only Lou in Jersey. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, we uh, left off at my uh, Danielle. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's that all we had right left before. to get to. That's right. Which can be said about Lou sometimes. Uh, Lou sounded pretty sober tonight, so that's pretty good. 
Uh, I guess I got sick of giving the Eagles struggling, so I'm giving them some Danielle. Uh, what? What? The you fuck? know, I, I I gave them the week off. I actually had <laughs> them and the Jags as my worst of the week, and I thought, you know what? No, we. I, I'm not dancing on their grave because this is now. It's not even shocking, or it's it's just expected that. Oh, has anybody rolled into the playoffs worse in recent memory than the Philadelphia Eagles? I know we picked the Giants, but I did not expect twenty-four to nothing at the half. <laughs> I did not expect I that. Taylor, man, <laughs> to the Giants, the Giants. Uh, yeah, you said they might win. They they dominated. My God, yeah, uh, twenty-seven yeah. to ten in a game the Eagles needed. All right, that, that that's not needed. Twenty-four nothing at the half. That's not what you call needing a game. Uh, A.J. Brown fumble and depart immediately. One catch, one fumble, hurt your knee, and leave. That just set the tone. That was it right there. That The game was over pretty much right at that point. Jalen Hurts gets hurt, busts up his finger. All their starters get pulled after halftime. What the fuck? You know, we talked about the pixie dust at 10-1, and 1, and since then, their dicks have been in the dust. They are awful. I mean, they just, they're flying blind on both sides of the ball. They are just... And, and they're favored against Tampa Bay, so I don't know what that says about uh, about yeah. the Buccaneers. Yeah, they 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 escaped. Talk about pixie dust. They had that escape win against the Bills uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, then they went full Jaguars after that, losing <laughs> five out of their last six. I, I mean, right? That's why no I almost had the Jaguars. Jags and the Eagles. There was a theme going on there, but yeah, L. Uh, they lose to San Fran. They lose to Dallas. They lose in that crazy uh, Drew Locke game in Seattle. They they barely yep. beat the Giants. And then they lose to Kyler Murray. And then they get embarrassed by Tyrod Taylor. Ooh. And then they get blowed out by the G-Men. Yeah. Wow. And that was after four one-score wins when we were talking, when we were already starting to kind of look at them a little bit. Like, you were, you had chalked it up early in that to, like, well, this is what good teams do. And then it's, like, all of a sudden it started to go, like, ooh, wait a minute. That thing turned like bad milk. Because <laughs> their losses when they were losing were were bad losses. I mean, right. They got destroyed by San Francisco. They get destroyed at Dallas. Uh, you know, again, you lose to Drew Locke in prime time. Um, yeah. Um, what's going on with the Eagles, man? I, I don't know. Well, we'll get to talk about them more because they're, uh, they're sitting there on Monday night ready to go. And they're a favorite. Uh, and they're favorite. After all of that, <laughs> they're the favorite on Monday night. I'm, we're, not, we're not trying to presage a pick here or anything, but. Just, just saying. Those guys uh, are favorites. Those guys are the favorite. We will have all your picks for Wild Card Weekend, that game and all the other games before that. We will have the uh, point system. We will describe that to you for those uh, new listeners. We will have our X-Factors for each game. We will have all that good stuff coming up in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website. Or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast 
where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. And now the real fun begins. How are we going to wind up using all of the 42 minutes live that we have left on six games? Well, <laughs> we... Well, at least you didn't do this like you used to where you did it for 90, because I think that allowed us to go, you know, a little more, you know, free form with the awards, and we took a call, so. Yeah, with, it's the with playoffs, the four games. You know, and if we, don't, if we don't use up all 42 minutes, that's okay. We, I think that's the one thing we've learned this season, that because we scheduled two hours, if it doesn't go two hours, it's, it's, it's okay. It's fine. It's not like we have hundreds of people listening. We have, like, your mom, and, and that's about it. Uh, no, but it was four wild card games. Theoretically, the the thought in my mind yes. was, you know, an hour of recap as always, and then thirty minutes for four games, which yeah. should be plenty. Now that we got yeah. six we, games, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we could really expand. It, it depends, you know. We'll see if we get a. Uh, we have our uh, X factors to hand out, and if you did you yours, X factor, you, you you know how uh, long winded I can get on these playoff games. I have one. Uh, sort of off the beaten path stat for each team. Uh, oh. That's not going to take too long, but I do have one. You know, you got to have some angles to, to look at some of these teams, and maybe it'll uh, inform whoever's listening and, and give you a little bit of, a, of an edge as you try to figure out how you uh, possibly make your investments for these games this weekend. Yeah. So with all of that, let's get started. And the one thing that you said at the beginning of the show, and I'm not patting myself on the back here, but I'm very proud of the fact that I got to 500 after being – 20 games yeah. below 500, so. Well, quite the swim. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's sort of our gold standard. I know that's not uh, the industry standard, um, but we, we, we take a lot of pride in, in being able to carve out a lot of 500-plus seasons here, picking every game against the spread. And, and people are like, wow, you won as many as you lost. You try it. As, as I always say, I defy you to find anywhere else that's picking every game, not just cherry picking. This is my five locks of the week. No, every single game against the spread, and we consistently come up 500 or better. It's been a long time since we both finished under 500 for a season. One of us always finishes, or both of us, over 500 or, or right at 500, as it turns out this year. 
uh, against the spread, picking every game. That's the key. All of the games. We give you all of our picks. We give you all of our rationale, and you decide what you want to believe and listen to and invest in and what you don't. But we give you everything that we have for every pick, and I defy you to find someone else that's doing every single game and coming up consistently every year, 500 or better. So, yes, we are very proud of that. Um, All right, let's get to the wild card weekend. Let me first explain the uh, scoring system for any new listeners. It's a really simplistic scoring system that I came up with when I was in high school, I think. This was a long Uh, time ago. A long time ago. Uh, So we pick every game, as I just said, and we take the uh, percentage that we come up with for our picks at the end of the year. And we just think it's the the most fair way to come up with a, you know, a representation of, of, uh, of our season. Just pick every game and then come out with a raw percentage after that. Take the raw percentage, multiply it by 200, and there's the points that you get to start the playoffs with. For me this year, it's 102.3 points. And for Jay at 500, obviously, He's starting with an even 100 points. Uh, we came up with a uh, lock system, lock of the week every week, uh, where whoever has the most correct locks at the end of the uh, year gets an extra point in that point system to start the playoffs. This year, we finished with exactly 10 locks each, so nobody gets an extra point this year. With that, the scoring system with those points, 102.3 for me, 100 for Jay. For the wild card weekend, each game, one point each conference semifinals three points each the conference finals five points each and then the big one the super duper bowl a whopping eight points on the line for that and we pretty much always come down to that super bowl uh for those eight points to decide who actually wins for the season but that's our system that's how we have it set up that's how we've been doing it for many years and now with that we get to start picking our wild card games giving you our x factors and our big time breakdowns of the game as only we can do it here at IMLD. The customary AFC South Championship game for Saturday wildcard weekend, wicked wildcard weekend, yay sports. The Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns, the first of two matchups in which the uh, road team is the favorite this weekend. The Browns are 11 and 6, but only 3 and 5 on the road. The Texans 10 and 7, 6 and 3 at home. Uh, injury news, uh, Denzel Ward, the Browns cornerback, is going to be a game-time decision. He screwed up his knee in practice this week. Uh, for the Texans, they may get uh, their wide receiver Noah Brown back from his back injury. These two teams uh, met up this season. There's three games uh, this weekend where the teams have a history this year. Uh, not that long ago, three weeks ago, Cleveland went down to Houston and beat that ass 36-22, to but Case Keenum was the starting quarterback for the Texans in that one because yeah. – uh, C.J. Stroud was dumplings, and Keenan was no match for Jay's lock of the week that week, Joe Flacco and the Browns, who lit up Houston for 368 yards and three touchdowns, and 265 and, uh, yards and two of those touchdowns went to Amari Cooper all by himself with just an absolute career game for Amari Cooper. Uh, perhaps because of that, the Browns are the favorite. They are minus two points at the Texans. But if you you gotta. I know that this is the two thirty game, the buried game on Saturday. It's the AFC South Memorial game. But if you don't love this matchup, you don't love football because <laughs> you know if you don't the narrative. Even you've got C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback, right? Improbably leads his team to a division title. They're hosting the grizzled 
veteran Joe off his couch, Joe Flacco <laughs> playing with house money uh, completely changes that the fortunes of that Cleveland team where they looked like they were completely lost at quarterback and it's DTR, it's PJ Walker. It, you know, they, they were able to massage some play out of uh, Deshaun Watson this season. Careful. They, oh, just say it. Um, Careful. And, and then you got that defense, although not the same defense on the road, but they, they do give up a little bit more on the road when they're not playing in, in Cleveland municipal there, but they, 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 they still hold up. And it's a rematch of a game where Cleveland went down there sort of at the height of the Joe Flacco frenzy and the air assault. It, nothing's going to change as far as what Cleveland is going to do. That This new look Cleveland Browns offense is going to be the same. It's going to be Joe Flacco dropping back 45 times, airing it out. He's unlocked this passing game for Cleveland that no other quarterback could. Uh, he's made David Njoku quietly one of the best tight ends in the league statistically since Flacco arrived. Uh, Njoku's become an absolute monster, and so has Amari Cooper, who was always a monster, but then you kind of forgot about him because he's in Cleveland, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah, that guy, he's really good. Um, And then you've got the Texans. So what is C.J. Stroud, what is his first playoff game going to look like? So clearly the lights weren't too bright against Indy. Well, I don't think that Indy's defense and Cleveland's defense, they're quite on the same level, I would say. Uh, So we'll see what they've got. Are they going to be able to do it in the running game? Is is it going to be Singletary? Is it going to be... Uh, is Pierce, you know, are they going to be able to get anywhere on the ground? So I, I don't know if the spot's going to be too big. I think they're going to be fine. I just think Cleveland's a much better team. Uh, Cleveland's going to be able to, I think they're still going to be able to bring the air assault. Uh, they have a couple of competent running backs. Ford can catch the ball. Hunt is there to spell him. And uh, it looks like, you know, after we had all the, issues with Miles Garrett not being good to go. I think they were saving him because I think he's good to go now. He's probable. Miles Garrett after C.J. Stroud. I can't lock up a playoff game, <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to give the points. I, I just think that that, uh, that air assault, again, is going to be too much for them. And that Cleveland defense, is uh, they're going to have something for the rookie. I mean, you can so it declare Stroud, you, you know. it won't be Stroud's second time seeing them, right? No, that'll be his which first. Which might have helped. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it, it definitely I think will help the uh, the Texans that it will be uh, C.J. Stroud at quarterback yes. instead of Case Keenum. That, that's a whole different uh, ball game when you talk about the level of quarterback play. Uh, you can you know declare you know you know not a lot, but. Uh, you, I feel very strongly about this pick. Uh, you know, you can... I like Cleveland here a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, well noted. Uh, my off-the-beaten-path stats for Cleveland, they managed to convert only 31.6% of third downs. That's fourth worst in the league. Now, of course, that of course that takes into account all the quarterback play that they were getting before Joe Flacco got there. Uh, but that just goes to show what that offense was doing before uh, before he got there, which is not much at all. My stat for the Texans, 7.3% of drives ending in a turnover. 
That was the best in all of football. That's a very low percentage uh, of drives that, that ended uh, in a turnover. C.J. Stroud not only made plays but took care of the football, um, and, and he was a, a revelation, of course, uh, at quarterback as a rookie for the Texans. And poor Carolina just have to be looking at him every time. They, it just, they just had to be shaking their head like, oh, my God, how did, how did we miss on this? I know it's only one year, but it looks like a really, really bad miss right now. So I say I look at this game. I say Miles Garrett has to lead a fierce pass rush against C.J. Stroud, or else the Browns could get lit up. Uh, and, and ditto, you know, the rookie Will Anderson getting after Joe Flacco, uh, or else he and Amari Cooper will uh, bust up the Texans again. So I, I'm with you that this should be fun. This should be a lot of fun I tomorrow. Like I am, I'm yeah. definitely looking forward uh, to this game. I, I can't see Amari doing quite that much again. Uh, that, that was a hell of a career game he had, but uh, can Flacco go to the fountain of youth and find another way and find some other weapons? Uh, you mentioned Njoku. might be a, a Njoku star turn uh, for him tomorrow. Um, I, I, I LOL that D'Amico Ryan's being a, a coaching steal. I, I remember hearing that at the beginning of the season before all of this happened. I'm a convert. I, I, D'Amico Ryan, I don't know what he's doing, but he, he's doing it. He's doing it in Houston. He's got those players believing. He's, he's uh, got that team thinking that they can do anything. Uh, I think they're going to get some revenge on, on Cleveland. I think it's that big of a difference that you get uh, C.J. Stroud in here instead of Case Keenum. I think they have another shootout. I like the over, and I think this time the Texans come out on top. I got them 34-24. to 24. Wow, okay. I'm, I'm hoping for Cleveland here so we can get Flacco going to Baltimore. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty wild. Uh, who's your so We've got a few of those types of games this weekend. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. that would just set it up again. Mm-hmm. You, you know it. So uh, who's your X factor here? Boy, I hate to say it because I don't want to jinx the Browns, but i got to go with their kicker because uh, it's a backup. It's, it's a <laughs> waiver-type guy, Riley Patterson. Uh, after Dustin Hopkins gets hurt, and ugh, yeah, you're you're normally reliable big leg kicker, and now you're going with a basically a cast off kicker in a big playoff spot. Hope it doesn't bite him in the ass. I'm going with Riley Patterson for good or for bad. Right. Well, you got to do what you got to do. If your kicker hurts himself, you got to look at the at the yeah. scrap heap and pick somebody out of there. So they go with the former Lion, I think, uh, Riley Patterson. Yeah, Jack uh, too, I believe. He's, he's been around. Uh, my X factor for this, if they don't want Amari Cooper going crazy again, Derek Stingley. Kid's got to lock him down if he can. The uh, the Houston Texans cornerback, he's got to uh, – I don't know if they have him following uh, Amari or not, but they, they got to figure out a way to, to shut that off. Uh, so I, I think it's on Stingley to come up big and, and make some plays. He was hurt at the beginning of the year. Uh made his comeback. He's, he's got to get ramped up and, and make some impact plays and, and make sure Cooper doesn't go off again. Cause that that's the big key right there for the Texans. All right. The uh, Saturday night game. Uh, as Lou and Jersey already uh, mentioned and complained about will not be seen on television for anybody who's old and doesn't understand streaming. It's on Peacock and Peacock exclusively. And if you don't have Peacock, you can't, see the game. You're going to have to go to somebody else's house or go to a bar or something. The Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs, both 11-6. and six. The uh, AFC uh, West champion Chiefs, after all of their trials and tribulations this year, 
uh, and the Dolphins, who thought they were going to be division champions, but wound up now having to go here. And, and boy, what a what a spot <laughs> for the Dolphins to fall off. If, if they could yeah. have just held on against Buffalo, they'd be home this weekend. But instead, if you don't know, minus six degrees in Kansas City, the forecast for Saturday night. Uh, windy, cold, 30-degree wind chill, just the most miserable conditions. It's going to be one of the coldest games of all time on record. It's going to be absolutely brutal out there. Um, And the the Dolphins' defense on top of that is, of course, uh, all kinds of beat up. Um, They're thinking to get running back Raheem Mostert back from his ankle injury. They're thinking of getting receiver Jalen Waddle back from his ankle injury. Uh, but that's not going to help all the defenders that they've lost throughout the year. For the uh, Chiefs, uh-oh, Kadarius Tony might play. They might actually activate him and bring him back for this game. I'm going to uh, not do the obvious, and, and I'm not going to name Tony my X Factor for this game. I'm, I'm, that would be way too obvious. <laughs> But, boy, boy, if they play him and he bobbles up another INT and Patrick Mahomes gets that Rodney Dangerfield look on his face again, it well, might be one of, one of those You're on the record. Yeah. <laughs> just just something to look forward to. Uh, Miami played Kansas City in week nine over in Germany. And uh, the Chiefs won a weird one over there, 21 to 14. They got all 21 points in the first half. Uh, they were yeah. aided by uh, they were aided by Tyreek Hill coughing up a fumble for a touchdown, uh, which was that ill-advised uh, Mike Edwards flip lateral to Brian Cook that he took all the way uh, the rest of the way for the TD, which was both of our smartest play of the week for that week. That could have uh, gotten very ugly and turned the wrong way, but it worked out. So we gave them, gave them both our smartest of the week. Uh, for this uh, sub temperature uh arctic game the dolphins of course are underdogs in those conditions they are plus four and a half at the chiefs so hidden in the eagles and jaguars mega collapse is the dolphins mini collapse uh losing out their last two games to gag up the division uh win one of those two and you are division champions and they couldn't do it um so and their reward you know (laughs) Instead of 77 degrees and sunny in Miami, which I believe it's supposed to be tomorrow, uh, they get to go and play in what could only be described as probably the worst possible spot for that team. On the road, at the Chiefs, 30 below wind chills, uh, sub-zero temperatures, and your defense is shot to hell. I want so badly and wanted so badly to find a reason to take the Dolphins here, but this it's too much against them. Um, I, I don't like taking the Chiefs, and I don't like giving the points because um, I think that they are exceptionally vulnerable, but, but not in this spot. Uh, they've been here before. I don't think the cold's going to have ends anywhere near as much of an effect on them as it will be on the team that's used to playing in sunny Miami all season long, Um, going on the road in this spot, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, that stadium, those fans, as as frozen as they're going to be, if you believe it, you can actually stub hub tickets to this game for like $38. Who the hell is going out to that? People are that desperate to get rid of Oh, my God. Uh, their playoff tickets, $38, good tickets available. Uh, but there'll be people there. That place will be full. And I don't think that's all going to be dolphins fans. I'm just going to say that. 
Um, there'll be people out there probably uh, not feeling anything, if you know what I mean, uh, watching that game. Yeah. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. That's about the only way you're going to be sauced up and yeah. all the extremities are covered. But I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I, I, again, I don't like it. If this was climate controlled, I, I still I think the Dolphins and that offense and Mike McDaniel and, and, and his craziness could have maybe offset some of what the Chiefs do because they are a mess. But what's not a mess is the Chiefs' defense. Chiefs' defense has been solid all year where the Dolphins' defense has just fallen apart. And they've just gone to dust. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to give the points. Mahomes, the muscle memory. Uh, I think this could be double digits to single digits type game here. I mean, I'm talking like 23-7 or something ugly. Um, I don't know how game the Dolphins are going to be after gagging up the division to go on the road and have to play in this weather. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, give them all. Can they trade for uh, Dontarius Wicks and Jared Reed? Wicks. Yeah, uh, I, I think they, they, they need those weapons because uh, Kadarius Tony is not the answer. I think we already know that. Uh, my off-the-beaten-path stat for the Dolphins, for all the passing stats, Miami's 27 rushing touchdowns were actually tops in the league along with the 49ers and the Lions. Uh, so people don't think about that rushing attack. Well, but Ronnie Mostert just, uh, yeah. set the franchise record for rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns. And of course, Achan was was uh, had some yes. incredible rushing games uh, as well. Um, as far as Kansas City, the disciplined KC defense, which you referenced, uh, only had 73 accepted penalties, uh, and that was incredible. Only the Bears had less penalties on defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. So not only were they solid, but they were also uh, disciplined and, and not getting penalized all over the place. So that's a very key thing to to look out for as well. Um, these conditions, I just, this is unbelievable that this is where the, uh, the dolphins wound up having to, to fall to, uh, because they couldn't put the, uh, the, the bills away last week. Didn't you and I talk about this uh-huh. like three or four weeks ago, like warning the dolphins, you know, trying don't to do warn it. them. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't you do it. You don't it. want to end up on the road. Uh-huh. <laughs> and here they are. They're not just on the road. Minus six degrees. Yeah. In hell. So, yes. So, so Tyree Kill returns to Kansas City, actual Kansas City. He played against the Chiefs, but that was in Germany. Right. So he returns to actual KC as another chance to show them what they're missing. Can he do it in these conditions? That's the big question. Can Tua do it in these conditions? Those are some terrible numbers uh, that they put up, those guys, uh, in, in you know sub-40 degree conditions. Uh, and this is much worse than sub-40 degree conditions. It, Maybe a ground battle in the cold, which would be fascinating uh, because Isaiah Pacheco can run angry enough to carry the Chiefs on the ground and the fish, of course, run attack, we know can get fire hot. Uh, I wish the conditions were better because this would be a battle of unusual formations and motions. Uh, The weird geometry maestro Andy Reid going against the the new weirdo Mike McDaniel uh, under – other conditions, I would wonder if McDaniel can out-scheme and, and out-master uh, the, the master, but not in these conditions. KC uh, should just keep it simple, a lot of running, and just get Travis Kelsey open repeatedly over the middle. Um, I'm with you. I'm taking Kansas City. I don't love it at all because they have not been playing like a team that uh, deserves to be uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home right now. They 
they're almost as bad as the Eagles just losing their way and trying to figure out what they're doing on offense. Uh, but the difference is they haven't done that on defense too. They, their defense has actually been solid uh, the whole way. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious. I think it, it, it sounds crazy, but I think the Dolphins' best chance is actually to do it on the ground and, and go with Mostert and H and try to do yeah. it that way. Uh, but we'll see. But but yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm with you for the same reason. The muscle memory, Patrick Mahomes uh, in this spot, um, he's gonna figure out how to do it. Uh, something that Tua you know hasn't been able to figure out and should not be able to figure out, especially under these conditions. So I'm with you with the Chiefs. All right. So uh, um, who's your him, X uh, factor? Twenty-seven to fourteen is is what I. There's probably too many points, but uh, yeah, I, I think it stays. I'd be surprised if these combined for thirty. That's not a lot of offense. I'm, I'm talking. I'm thinking a lot of frozen balls and fumbles and turnovers. Well, and uh, kicking for, is going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Just kicking that that solid rock is yeah. it's not going to. It's basically like kicking a complete boulder. Um. Uh, do you ask for my X factor? Or you did yeah. you give yours or? Oh, you asked for mine first. Rasheed Rice. Uh, oh, 938 guy. yards, seven touchdowns. He's he's got to come through for Pat because none of those other guys can. We already seen that, so it's not going to be MVS or or Kadarius Tony or any of those other losers. It's basically going to have to be Rasheed Rice uh, to come through to be uh, any anyone other than Travis Kelsey is going to have to be Rice uh, to come through for for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back to a previous X factor of mine. I'm going back to Noah Gray, um, who yeah. tra- uh, Travis Kelsey has shown that he. He's falling apart, let's just say. Uh, he says he's coming back, whatever, I don't care, but he just said he's coming back, so great, good for you. Uh, but I think, uh, Patrick, if there's a few guys that – there are a few guys I would say that Patrick Mahomes trusts. Noah Gray is one of them. So if all the coverage is rolling to Kelsey, uh, I'd expect Gray to be able to make some plays in the passing game. And, and, and he, he shows up on the stat sheet in surprising moments uh, and in surprising times. So – to go with the old uh, standby X factor of mine from last year, Noah Gray. All right, there you go. Let's move to the Sunday action. Uh, speaking of terrible weather, Steelers Bills. Yeah. Hold my beer. <laughs> Watch this. Three feet of snow. Lake effect snow. Did you see that the Bills put out the APB to their fans? Yeah. To show up tomorrow night, they're going to pay them twenty bucks an hour. And feed them to shovel mm-hmm. the stadium. Yep, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't know the details, people. but was there yeah. nuts in Buffalo? <laughs> no, Bills Mafia, baby, ain't nothing like it. Uh, no, I, I saw that they definitely put out the uh, the notice early because they know, they know. <laughs> yeah, they they know what's coming. Uh, the Steelers, I'm sure, know what's coming as well. Pittsburgh ten and seven, five and three on the road. Bills eleven and six. The AFC. Uh, East champions, the, the, the two seed. How? How? I still don't know how. Yeah. Uh, seven and one at home. Uh, Bills Mafia, Orchard Park. They're they're ready. Uh, Steelers unfortunately will be missing T.J. Watt. Their big edge rusher yeah. goes down uh, with a with an injury. Uh, they're expecting their safety Minka Fitzpatrick to return. Uh, for the Bills, they will not have receiver Gabe Davis, who injured his PCL. Uh, and cornerback Rajul Douglas, who's been so big for them since they acquired him, he hasn't practiced all week with a knee injury. It doesn't look good for him. Uh, with that, the Steelers are still big underdogs in these conditions, biggest underdogs of the weekend. They are plus nine and a half at the Bills. 
Yeah, this is a huge spread. Uh, let's see, you get Mason Rudolph going to Buffalo, uh, the quarterback du jour that they settled on, who gave him a spark. Uh, he, they had some offensive gains with George Pickens, and then Deontay Johnson has the big game last week, so they kind of traded off. They get to take that into Buffalo. Uh, they've somehow been able to figure out or unlock the secret of this two-headed running attack with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren finally, um, and, and they've got them both involved in the running game. Uh, Friermuth uh, was like came back from the dead several games ago, so so there there's pieces all over that offense. But the problem they were running into was Kenny Smallhands and Mitch Trubisky apparently. Mm-hmm. So Tomlin feels the most comfortable and ready to go with Rudolph, who had the nice run to help them get into the playoffs here at the end, and they get to go play a Buffalo defense that isn't what it was or what it should have been when the season started. This isn't the powerhouse. And, yeah, we talk about a weakness in a two seed. The Bills, they didn't back in, but they limped in. I mean, they they, they won, but that Chargers win wasn't, convincing you know the no. uh the the win against uh miami was fueled by a huge special teams play that wasn't convincing and i'm still getting you know ptsd flashbacks of the bills hosting the bengals in the snow last year right where they won them and mm-hmm. laying an absolute egg and in those conditions i just don't know i don't know what the bills do in weather it seems like you just don't know how to trust them. You remember, I remember the wind game, right, against um, Bill Belichick and, and Matt Mac Jones, where the Patriots win the game by throwing the ball three times. You know what the Bills yeah. were trying to do? Chuck it every play. Project, baby. In a maelstrom, you know. <laughs> he's back there trying to chuck. So I don't know. how The Bills are so hard to trust, and that is so many points that I'm just taking the points. It's just strictly a points play. I, I'm not saying that Pittsburgh's going to win. The Bills could very obviously still easily win. Uh, the Bills should cover this number, but the Bills should have been covering a lot of numbers this year, and they didn't. Plus, you get Allen, high pressure in the playoffs. He's going to keep both teams in the game, unfortunately. And all it takes is an errant throw or something crazy or a strip sack or a fumble. And it's snow, so you're going to have that element too, uh, which sometimes says take the better running team. Neither one of these teams run that great. James Cook has had a little bit. He had a couple. He had that one nice game. With one time they dedicated themselves to the run was when they snuck it in against Dallas. But they never over. really said that this is our identity. This is what we're going to stick with. Pittsburgh, we know, wants to run the ball. Even if they suck at it, they're going to try. And in the snow, I think that's enough to keep it close. So I'm going to take the Steelers and the points. Uh, My Pittsburgh stat, uh, that offense only tallied 31 total touchdowns on the year. Fifth worst in football. They they couldn't put it in the end zone. They they have trouble just scoring. That's the fundamental thing is just scoring the, the football. Project for Buffalo makes something happen. One way or another, good or bad, he's going to make something happen. Buffalo's 24 sacks allowed on the season, 17 games, lowest in all of football. He is not going to stand back there and get hit. He is going to do something. He's either going to bust through and and bust (laughs) through in the fucking mouth, or he's going to, yeah, yak it up for somebody. He's going to do something. We know that. 
So, yeah, another icebox battle, very windy, which should screw up Mason Rudolph's deep ball game, uh, which should put the Steelers uh, right behind the eight ball. Uh, Pittsburgh always has a much less potent pass rush uh, without T.J. Watt in this environment that should be the fatal blow. I was all over uh, the Bills uh, until I saw that number. Uh, whew, that's a lot of points. Uh, the more pressure you put on project, the better chance you have to make them throw those Yaha balls. But now you don't have TJ Watt, uh, but he's going to throw those Yaha balls anyway. That's who he is. That's what he does. He can't help himself. So yeah, Steelers can stay close. If they stay on the ground and exploit all those missing defenders in the Buffalo front seven uh, with those elements. Yeah. I, I think they'll keep it within uh, within a touchdown. So I'm with you. I will also yep. just do, do the points play. So I got Buffalo winning 23 to 17. I, I can see that, and I'll tell you my X Factor. I'm going uh, the big back. Sometimes you need the big back. Latavius Murray, uh, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the work in the snow. They're gonna need that power. So I'm going with Latavius Murray to come out of nowhere and have himself a day. Now the veteran, that's a long time veteran. I, I loved Latavius Murray when he was an Oakland Raider. Yeah. That's how long ago he's he's been in the league. I thought he was gonna be great back then. My X factor for the game, Khalil Shakir, the Bills receiver, takes Gabe Davis's spot uh, as the second option after uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, caught all 13 targets in his last three games. Uh, he's starting to get hot, it would appear. I don't know how hot he's going to stay in the snow and the wind, but uh, Project definitely needs uh, some other options to come through uh, in the passing game, and, and that's a guy that looks like he's trying to, to be that next option. And here we are now. We've only got... Ten minutes now for the last three games. Amazing how we do that. All right, Packers lie. Uh, Packers Cowboys. I'm sorry. Uh, Green Bay at nine and eight, and the uh, NFC East champion Cowboys at twelve and five. Uh, Packers four and five on the road, and the Cowboys eight no at home. So no surprise, it's the second biggest spread of the week. Packers are trying to get Christian Watson back uh, in their receiving core from his injuries, and Luke Musgrave, the tight end, is up from his uh, lacerated kidney. I don't know how much you can rely on him to do anything coming back from a lacerated kidney, but cornerback Jair Alexander, game-time decision. He messed up his ankle in practice this week, so uh, wrong time to face the Cowboys when your best cornerback is bad, bad ankle. Uh, for Dallas, they're getting their left guard, uh, Tyler Smith, back from injury, uh, from his foot injury. So their offensive line is going to be whole for them. Uh, Pack are the, uh, you were talking about the spread being seven to eight points. It was seven and a half most of the week. It's down to seven. So a little money on the pack now. Green Bay plus seven at Dallas. This one's interesting. Uh, we talk about the Packers, the too stupid to know any better team going into Dallas. We were actually talking about this matchup, how fun yes. this would be last week. Uh, as fun as I think the matchup is and as great of an experience this has been for Jordan Love and the youngest team ever, and I think this is where the youth and the inexperience, it catches up to them. Uh, I think Dallas is a different animal here at home um, where they clearly have dominated this year. They haven't been having those Dallas moments, and maybe this is the game where they do, but I think they're saving this for later. Um, I like what the Packers have done. It's been, a, it's been a fun ride, great experience for that team getting to the playoffs, but I think that the Dallas offense, the Dallas defense, Jerry World, it's all going to be a little bit too much for this Packer youth. Uh, I think they hang in there for a while, 
but I think they fade late. I'm taking the Cowboys here. I think you've got sort of a 34-23 eh, feel to it. Um, Cowboys pull away late. I'm giving the points. All right. Uh, my Packers uh, off the board stat, Green Bay's seven INTs, second lowest in all of football. Only Tennessee's mm-hmm. sixth was worse than that. They do not uh, go and get the ball on defense. They have a tough time doing that. For the Cowboys, uh, unsurprisingly, once again, Dallas, one of the leaders, or almost at the top of the leaders uh, in penalties, 115 penalties on offense. Only the Jets had more penalties than the Dallas Cowboys. That's just what they do. I, I kind of already called my shot here uh, last week for this game, uh, so I'm not going to take too long. I'm holding to it. I, I really think Green Bay has no care and will go into Dallas and just ball out and, of course, take advantage of whatever silly manner Dallas decides to throw up on themselves this time. They're going to figure out some <laughs> other way to, to lose the game. Uh, I think the Cowboys have to be more you, scared of Jordan Love. I think they have to be more scared of Aaron Jones running them over like James Cook well, and the Jones, Buffalo Bills man, did. He came back for them late, and what a difference he makes. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's, that I think they should be more afraid of than, than Love. But, hell, Love is playing great, too, so maybe they should be scared of all. I, I got this being just an absolute barn burner. Uh, I, I'm taking the Packers 41-35. to 35. I think it's going to be an absolutely crazy game, and I've I got the wow. Packers on top. And winning. And winning. Uh, my X factor for this, uh, this is why you take – a guard in the second round, uh, if you're the Packers, Elton Jenkins. I want to see you mm-hmm. get out there and maul people over. Take this light ass Cowboys defense and put them on their ass repeatedly over and over again. I think the uh, Packers offensive line can win this game for them. If they go out and do what the bills did and just maul the Cowboys uh, out in the open field. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to go with kickers too many times. I'm going with, uh, but this is my second one out of the six. And my the last one, but Picker, uh, Packers kicker, Andrews Carlson, five missed extra points this year. Oh. Six missed field goals. Uh, if it comes down to a kicking game, ooh boy, uh, this kid uh, misses some in some strange spots, let's just say. Shit, sounds like they might want to call Mason Crosby back again. <laughs> Maybe they're not that quite that desperate. Uh, on Sunday night, the Rams and uh, Lions get together in the Matthew Stafford uh, reunion game. The L.A. Rams at ten and seven, and the NFC North champion uh, Detroit Lions at twelve and five. Uh, Rams five and four on the road. Lions six and two at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, at home uh, for the Rams. Uh, tight end Tyler Higby should come back from his dislocated shoulder. Uh, for the Lions, they might have some issues. Uh, they think Jamison Williams, receiver, will be up for them, but Khalif Raymond will be down. He's got a knee injury, and, of course, tight end Sam Laporta should be down with his hyperextended knee, but they're playing games and being stubborn, so they're listing him as questionable. He, he's not, he's not going to play. <laughs> if he uh, does, he's no good anyway. He's not, I mean, he's good, but I don't know how good he's going to be to go. That's what I mean. Off of the hyperextended knee the next week? No, he will not be yeah. any good. Uh, Rams are the cop-out line, three-point dogs at the Lions. Boy, you got McVeigh and Stafford, and the Rams uh, to me are a bit of a dangerous team. That, that offense, Kyron Williams has been sort of a revelation. Uh, at, uh, you've got that. Uh, what you've got? Nakua, Cup, Atwell, Higby. Uh, that offense, I think, is going to be able to move the ball on Detroit. Um, Detroit dinged up. Aaron Donald, Jared Goff. 
I think the Rams bring the upset. They win the game. All right, there we go. Uh, my Rams stat, Rams 15 takeaways on defense, third fewest in football. They, like Green Bay, have trouble taking the ball away from the opponent. Uh, but Detroit also has some defensive problems. 7.8 yards allowed per pass attempt on defense, the worst of all the playoff teams. The That's not elite. Uh, no, that is the opposite of elite. Here's Detroit's big achievement, all the hype, a whole season of the spotlight on them. They come through and they win the North like everyone said they would. They get the home game. What are they going to do under the pressure? I got a flashback to being under the spotlight for the Thanksgiving game. Everyone's watching them, and what happens? They just yak all over themselves and get beat by the Packers badly. Um, I think I think Jared Goff will wilt under Aaron Donald's pressure. Um I think Matthew Stafford will exploit that Lions secondary, uh, and I think that decision to play last week versus Minnesota and lose their stud tight end can really bite the kneecap biters. I think it'll come back to bite them, and I agree with you. I got the Rams to win this game 31-27. Yeah, uh, my X factor here, I'm going with the aforementioned Tutu Atwell, the burner. Yeah. They're going to roll all that coverage over to Nakua and Cup. And Stafford, like he, he can hit those 50, 60-yard bombs to Atwell, and you get one or two of those could make a difference in the game. That sounds like you're playing some good DFS uh, this weekend with these guys. Uh, my X-Factor, the defensive tackle Kobe Turner for the Rams. Uh, boy, what a rookie season he had. 57 tackles and assists, nine sacks as a rookie. This is what they've been missing with Aaron Donald, somebody else on that D-line to, to take up uh, some space. You can't triple team Aaron Donald when someone else is on that line wrecking shop. So Kobe Turner is going to do some more damage for the Rams. And finally, Monday night football, the Eagles and the Buccaneers. What do you make of this game? The 11 and six Eagles who were 10 and one. How did this get the, the Monday night spot? That's what I make of this game. I, I, I'm not sure what else. I don't, I don't know. How did they, how is this not Packers Cowboys? Uh, I think they want that for that. Was that too three, obvious? No, that's that three thirty uh, Sunday spot. That's going to huge. That's going to be the biggest uh, uh, rating of the weekend. It will. No, I know. I know. It's going to be monster. Uh, AJ Brown, Deva, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts all beat up. Brown hurt his knee and hasn't practiced all week. He's not going to play. Uh, Hurts has a dislocated finger. Uh, he's, Gonna play. He has no choice. He's a quarterback, but I don't know how effective he's gonna be. But of course, Baker Mayfield is all beat up uh, with his ribs and his ankle. Uh, all the way back in Week Three, the Eagles beat the Buccaneers uh, 25 to 11 down to Tampa. Tremendous defensive smothering by the Eagles. Tampa had no run room, of course, uh, as they usually don't. Uh, Eagles, after all their uh, maladies, are the three-point favorite in Tampa Bay. I can't do it. Uh, I'm taking the bucks. I'm, give, I'm taking the bucks. I'm taking the points. Uh, the Eagles have. We talked about victory auto records with the Eagles. The the Eagles are lucky to be in the playoffs. They're lucky they got off to that run and had the pixie dust because they they might not earn the spot if they don't have some of those lucky wins during that midseason stretch. Because the way they limped in, I can't take them. So I'll take the bucks. I'll take Mike Evans and Baker to to eat those guys alive. I don't want to do it, and we'll get into a lot more detail in the after show, but I, I can't take the Buccaneers. That, that is terrible. That's a terrible <laughs> team. They're just bad. I know the Eagles are all beat up, but it's it's Baker, and, and he's just 
falling apart. He's falling apart as hard as the Eagles are at the yeah. end. So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to take the uh, the Eagles and give the, the three. I got them 20 to eight in an ugly ass game. Who's your ex? Oh God, yeah. Who, how this is the trust bowl. Who do you trust? How, how? Neither. It's right, and not even who do you trust, but how can you trust? How can you trust either one of these teams? This game, I hope it's just a push. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to trust either one. We'll get to our X Factors in the uh, after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program. Yeah, I, I, I do it every year. I try not to run long. I try not to be long ended, yeah. but I, I do it anyway. But we were both um, doing it, so it's okay. But yeah, it would be it would be nice to to see the Eagles bounce back. We've been waiting for it, but I mean, I don't. I didn't want to do that. I, I don't know how they're going to bounce back. It's terrible right. as they've been playing the last month or so. I just I didn't want to do it. Believe me. But God, so, yeah, like how, yeah, I don't know how – I need a show-me game here from them because we've been like, okay, yeah. that Arizona one, right? That was the bounce back. That's the show – yeah. Oh, wait, they lost no. that. Then we both, no. then we, <laughs> then we both jumped off. <laughs> and, and they got and, blown out 24 to oh, nothing in the, in the first half. Yeah, in a game they needed, and now they have to go on the road in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, so – Lost their star receiver. Uh, oh. yeah. The quarterback broke his finger, by the way, uh, busted his uh, yeah. whatever he did, dislocated his finger. So this is – no, this is not <sighs> a big uh, trust play for me for the Bucks, But they do thing, they do some things well. I, 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 against the Eagles, everybody's been doing things well. Yeah, that's true. So uh, we'll see if Baker's got anything working this game with, you know, Godwin and – Evans and Otten and, and White. And there's nice players on that offense uh, against that Eagles defense that is, you know, I said last week they evaporated. At, uh, boy, boy, howdy. <laughs> Where did they go? Open smoke completely. We said that their their goal was to not give up any points. Now their goal is to not stop giving up points. Boy, howdy. Uh, my oddball stat for the Eagles, uh, they had 15.3% of their drives into the turnover this year, which is the third oh worst in God. all of football. <laughs> That's just terrible. Uh, third worst in all of football. Uh, but three teams had only seven rushing touchdowns. Two of them had eight. That would be Denver and Tampa Bay, second yeah. lowest rushing TDs in all of football. They are terrible on the ground. No, Rashad White has, is like I said, he's he's the. I think a few weeks ago I called him the most uh, inefficient but productive back in the league. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's, inefficient is you, you definitely uh, hit the nail with that one. Uh, dead last in the league in, in running were the uh, were the Buccaneers. Yeah, and he's on the field every play. I don't even know who his backup is. I don't either. Most teams you can name who the backup running back is. I don't even, I don't even know. Do, do they even have one? <laughs> uh, somewhere eventually they have to. Um, well, that, that would have been a hell of a call spot for me to go uh, on an X factor here. To, to, the the uh, who knows who it is. Uh, Chase Edmonds is the backup. Oh my goodness. Uh, Chase yeah, but Edmonds. 990 yards rushing for Rashad White. Number two on the team was Chase Edmonds. Uh, yeah, remember him with the Dolphins? Um, yeah. 
176 yards. He was second on the team. That is terrible. That is awful. He barely beat out Baker Mayfield on rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, all of all of Philly's key playmakers are really dinged up, but uh, it, it's still Tampa. They're still I know uh, reliant on basically one play Baker to to Mike Evans. He's of course mixed in. Um, uh, uh, Chris Godwin a lot more since his wife uh, complained on social media, but it's still uh, kind of a one-dimensional offense. They still can't rely on a run at all. Um, it's really hard to put a figure on who's going to overcome and, and how they're going to do it. So yeah, you're right. It's hard to trust either one of them in this game, but you got to pick one. We pick them all. Um, push, 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 push. How screwed up has this Eagles defense looked in every phase for two months now? And even Hurt Baker Mayfield can take advantage of that, but will his body let him? I, I just, uh, if you've seen Baker Mayfield play the last few weeks, he he looks as hurt as he is. He he looks like he's aged like forty years uh, in the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, like they they didn't have it. They didn't have a huge effort there uh, no. against Carolina, and they didn't do very good against the Saints. They they lost that game horribly. So I get it. Yeah, he's dragging his body to the to the end of this season, and now he's got to play. You know, in the play, he's he's happy to yeah. make the playoffs, but at the same time, he looks like, oh God, I got to play now in the playoffs. Like he looks like he's he needs a vacation pretty much right now. But I remember that uh, first matchup they had. You had that was your lock of the week uh, back then. I think uh, that was that week was my lock? three, week it four, was week three. It was a week Monday three, nighter I think that in, was in your week lock. three. Wow, I didn't even re- uh, remember that. I remember right. that because lock. you locked up the Eagles because they were playing against Baker Mayfield and that defense. <laughs> and here we are now scratching our heads like, well, I, I hope their defense can play. Uh, yeah. They, they haven't been playing for, for quite a while now, but maybe this will be the magic that will they'll snap them back into, into place. Uh, 25 to 11 uh, on that Monday nighter. So they didn't just win. They pretty much dominated. So they whooped them. Yeah, yeah they whooped them. Uh, different team, I understand, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the go with the Eagles to repeat that. Who's your uh, X factor for this one? Uh, not really an X factor, uh, but boy, you talk about somebody who's just going to have to be everywhere. That's all pro safety. It's Antoine Winfield. He, he's going to have to be. He's going to have to do the Jamal Adams move. He's just going to have to be eleven play all guys. 11 spots. All of, yep, he's just going to have to play all eleven spots. He, he is their everywhere, all at once guy. Um, and if they're going to have any chance in this game, he's going to be need to be laying some lumber and picking off balls and deflecting passes. Uh, because if the if the Eagles can recapture any of that offensive magic, this could be ugly quick. So mm. it's going to be that they're going to need that. They're all pro safety, first team all pro. Uh, you're talking about backup running backs, and I think on the other side is one of those weird games where you know how the Eagles do it sometimes, where they just uh, go to like their third or fourth string running back and he decides to go off. I hope it's not Kenneth Gainwell because man, he's it trash. Is, absolutely, it's Kenneth Gainwell. He's got 12 <laughs> career touchdowns. The, uh, the the Eagles are desperate, man. They need something. They're going to they need do. somebody to come through. AJ Brown won't be there. They haven't said it yet, but he's not playing. Devontae Smith might play, but he's coming off an ankle. Uh, and again, their quarterback just busted up his finger, just dislocated his finger. They're going to need to rely on the run game. They're not going to air it out all over Tampa. Uh, they're, they're, Ken, is it either going to be Kenneth Gainwood or Boston Scott's going to run for like Scott. three touchdowns yeah, but they're not playing the Giants, like so it won't be Boston <laughs> right. Scott. 
<laughs> right. So that's why I went with Kenneth Gainwell. If it was uh, if it was a Giants, I would have gone with Boston Scott. Uh, but the funny thing is, is after DeAndre Swift, both of those guys are trash. I understand, but they need something. They need a spark. They do. They need a spark, else. and that's all we're doing here with X Factors. We're not telling you. you know, X Factors aren't. You know. Well, you're my X Factor. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is kind of an X Factor with that busted finger, but yeah, that's a little too obvious. So uh, that, yeah, that's, our, that's how we always. Can, that's how we Especially do if you're trying like a push to... push or something. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, well, just just wrap wrap it up in your arms. Wrap it as tight as you can yeah. in, in your arms, and, and try not to let your fingers get pulled. Well, we're 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 head up on three. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. One each yep. day. Yeah. How about it? And uh, thankfully, it's Wild Card Weekend, and we diminished the amount of points. Uh, once they went to the six games, which made sense because we didn't want to have Wild Card Weekend be. Um, yeah, that, that would have been twelve points on the line this weekend if we yeah. had our old system of two points each for the wild card. Right. Yeah. It should it should increase at least you know as we're going through. So neither one of us is putting the other away this weekend. No, that, and nor should we uh, based on these games. Some of them is like, how do you possibly know? Like. Right. And uh, um multiple games here uh, where I'm looking at these spreads where we have the last three are all, you know, pushy, right? Sure. So we could end up, you know, with uh, multiple games here uh, with Dallas, Green Bay, Rams, and uh, Lions, and Tampa, and Philly where it, the push is clearly in play where you've got threes and sevens up on the board. And Houston on their customary uh, spot tomorrow afternoon is weird enough that that might be a push too. Cleveland could win that by two, which would just be perfect. Oh, it's at, oh, so that went down to two? That's only two. Oh, okay, because I picked that at two and a half. Ah. I feel even uh, better now. There you go. These are off of uh, BetMGM uh, as yep. of like an hour and a half ago. Yeah. No, I I made my picks. Uh, I had it all ready to go way before this. So I had probably made these picks like around 5 o'clock. Right. Very little moved, though. I want to say of all the rest of the ones we went through, uh, none of the other ones had changed. And that two and a half to two doesn't really affect me very much. Actually, it hurts mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. Because if Cleveland wins by two now, that's not a cover anymore. No, you. no, it's not. No. Yeah, we're I wouldn't be surprised. Up on Cleveland and Houston and Dallas Green Bay. You definitely uh, made that pick last week. I I, I remembered that. I just you know saw it like okay if Green Bay has to go to Dallas, uh, they're not going to give a shit. Like they're going to be like, yeah, we're in. We we didn't expect to be in. We didn't expect anything when the season began. Like think about the Packers when the season began and they're just this is their first year of of their starting quarterback and he. Uh, didn't play all that right. great the first half of the year, and he just slowly started getting better and better and better. And then now they're like, "Oh my God, we're here! We're in the playoffs!" Like they, they got nothing to lose, man. They're so <laughs> happy getting. They're, they're so happy to get to to Dallas, and uh, again, that's combined with the factor of the Cowboys just finding ways to fuck themselves in the playoffs. Well, they just, they get just such find tight ways. sphincters when they get to the playoffs, right? Right. Like the first touchdown Green Bay scores, there's going to be that wave go through the whole building of, oh, fuck, here we go. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be something strange. It's going to be like a, a, a long screen pass or something. or <laughs> It'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be one of those, one of those no-name receivers. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, it's funny. I was listening to last week's show after we. I usually go back during the week while I'm driving back and forth from work, and I listen to the show. And yeah, here's me calling out Dontavian Wicks, um, <laughs> and he goes out and has two touchdowns. I, you should have made all your your money on DFS on Dontavian oh. Wicks. Yeah, I, I wasn't smart him. enough to do that. Uh, Pick him up. Well, it is week eighteen. If any, if you know, if any week you're going to play just completely crazy people in DFS, that would be the week, right? That would be the week. Yeah, that would be the week. I, I wasn't. I didn't do terrible uh, last week. I didn't. I didn't profit, but I didn't lose much. So it's one of those weeks where you just kind of tread water. I, I played the, the usual free one that I play. And I tell you, uh, it's week 18, so this is how crazy I was. My quarterback in that free one was Nick Mullins, and I almost made money because Nick Mullins oh, sure. had, a, had a game. He, he threw for like 390-something. He just oh, turned yeah. it over, of course, the, uh, at the end because of the game. Because he's Nick Mullins. Because he's going to keep his team in it, and then he's going to keep the other team in it. That's what he does. Right. So, no, I actually uh, only uh, want to pat myself on the back because I had the Packers in the playoffs back on our season preview. Uh, that was not I, a I not popular that opinion coming. on this show. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, but again, me and my Bears bias, I didn't see it. I, I did not see uh, ah. Jordan Love and Green Bay doing what they did, but boy, did they ever. Yeah, and just kind of, if it almost, boy, doesn't it feel like a springboard kind of season for them? Uh, unfortunately, yes, it, yes, it does. I, I know you don't like to admit that, but... Uh. That transition year to still what should have been their down year to still make the playoffs. It's like, well, okay. Uh, you also had the uh, Steelers and the Dolphins uh, yes. as wild cards. I, now, did. I had the Steelers. I had the Steelers with you as wild card because that's just what they do. They go over that, 500 yeah. and they make the playoffs. So we, we so, both yeah, had that. Even but... though we were dancing on their grave halfway through the season. Um, I, yeah, I looked back at it. I actually had the Bills over the Steelers in the title game, um, hmm. which obviously can't happen now because they're playing each other wild card weekend. Yeah. Uh, who knew, you know? Uh, but but we, I, also, I, I, we had the Jags in the playoffs. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was – I. they were so set up. They had the schedule. They had They, they yeah. got the talent. They, they had it all. It was right there for them. That's why we both had Atlanta, because they had the easiest schedule in the league, a revamped defense, and all those offensive weapons. Oh, God. Thank God uh, Arthur Smith is gone. They could hire Mike Vrabel. I'd be, I'd be fine with them hiring Mike Vrabel. That, they, that, might, that might be the way they go. He's, he's out there. Uh, Pete Carroll is out there. Bill Belichick is out there. There's a lot I don't, of guys no, out Pete there. Pete Carroll, I saw, is just staying on like advisory capacity type thing with Seattle. Right, but I, they also asked him about a, a coaching gig, and he said he didn't anticipate anyone asking him. So that means he's still oh, okay. available. He just doesn't know if anyone's going to want him. Uh, so, yeah, that advisory thing is just their way of you know not firing him. They didn't want to just completely throw right. him out. Right. Not like with Belichick. Yeah, but, uh, and that was a mutual parting. That, that, that mutual was parting of the ways. Oh, yeah, okay. They, Robert Kraft fired him, basically. Yeah. And, and started we telegraphing knew he was going it to. back around week seven. Right. We knew he was going to because he, he let all his uh, uh, his sources know and got right. got that message out there for, for you know, he was, floating that so that, <laughs> he was floating that message so that everybody knew uh, beforehand so it wouldn't be such a complete shock. But, but yeah, we, we knew he was gone. Uh, and he earned it. 
that, that team was absolutely terrible. Man, yeah. how did how did the Eagles end up with the thirtieth ranked scoring defense in the league? Though uh, those, oh, I I can't explain anything about the Eagles because they no. look like they didn't they don't know how to play football right now. No, thirtieth points against, thirty first passing yards against. Uh, I I don't know what happened to them. At, did it feel like everything started when Buffalo uh, exploited them and and. Uh, that, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I, I was having my doubts when they were on that pixie dust run because they right. were winning games. They had just no no business winning. They, they they had no business winning that Chiefs game. They had no business winning that Bills game. Um, it, it was just like oh, this just this just can't keep happening. And and then when it ended, it just ended hot. And we were right; it, it couldn't keep happening. Uh, boy. They they definitely went down uh, in flames uh, the last four or five weeks. Um, yeah, we knew it was pixie dust, but we didn't know it was going to end like that. Like uh, the, the the Niners just embarrassed them, came in and, yeah. and owned them. Um, yeah, that's when that schedule picked up. And then the next game at Dallas, which was my lock, and they got embarrassed there, um, and and, and kind of never recovered from from that one two punch. Uh, right. Then, because then when the schedule uh, lightens up and they get to go to Seattle and they find a way to lose that game to Drew Locke when, you know, they're they're getting uh, their their fronts up and getting battered and, and embarrassed by San Fran and uh, by by Dallas and then they go to Seattle and and watch their cornerback uh, James Bradbury get toasted over and over again. So right. it's like what 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 can you do when everyone on your defense is basically getting embarrassed at the same time? There's there's kind of nothing you can do about that, right? Right. No, it's exactly right, and things go the way you're thinking here because you've got uh, what Eagles, Rams, and and Packers winning. Uh, that would send the Packers out to San Fran, right? <laughs> and uh, have the Rams and the Eagles, and oof. I and I'm not uh, ruling out picking uh, the, the Packers going out to San Fran again. They they don't care. They're Does happy to be here. Super Bowl. I, I I don't know. I don't. Uh, it depends on how you know how good they look. If they beat Dallas well, the way I think they might, you know. Yeah, Packers go. The Packers are about to go on their insanity run here. Like when they were the uh, yeah. Oh, and also by the way, since the uh, NFL expanded to seven teams for the wild card round, um, no no seven seed has won yet. Really? Yeah. Zero oh, and six. Wow. Well, so a first seven, time a seven for everything. Has not a seven has not yet beaten a two, um, and we're both and we both and you've got we've both got Pittsburgh covering, which, which and uh, you've got the Packers uh, straight up winning. Yeah, I got I followed through. I called that shot last week, so I'm, I'm following yeah. through with that. Yeah, you hit that one. Uh, you'll still only get one point. Uh, but I might make a lot of money on the money line. We'll see how much I want to invest. In. Oh, I see. See how frisky you're feeling. Mm, we'll see how I feel uh, when I wake up Sunday. <laughs> might, might depend <laughs> on how how bad I do Saturday. <laughs> oh, well, I'm guessing uh, we're we're Friday again next week. That should be our last Friday show. Um, yeah. Then we get to go back to Saturdays for Championship Weekend and uh, honors and dishonors is usually a a Sunday night. Used to be. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, you know, championship Sunday can be uh, Sunday morning if you want. That's just you know on the table. 
I am just so hesitant with Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, to call a shot like that. Yeah. Um, yes, these last two shows have been rock steady, and everything seems to be great. But that, of course, would be the one where we schedule a, a 9 a.m. Championship Sunday show, and, and nothing happens. Uh, please call. Uh, try your call again later. Like what? Yeah, putting our picks on Twitter. <laughs> for championship Sunday with it all uh, on the line. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. So we'll, we'll uh, stick to Saturday nights for that. Well, at least that way we can schedule it for Saturday, and then we always have Sunday as the fallback option. Yeah. If I if I wasn't so, you know, if we didn't just spend that last month that we spent dealing with the, the nonsense that we were with this site, um, that would have sounded like a great idea. I understand. I'm with you. <laughs> Give ourselves the, the the best chance to actually make it on the show. Yes. Uh, so baseball is uh, is about to get started back. Uh, saw the uh, emails from the commission yeah. about the fantasy league. So yeah, baseball. I'm st- I have uh, been listening to my I listen to one fantasy baseball podcast as they go fairly hard all off season. So that kind of keeps my my brain a little bit more. You know, in tune, where usually I'm just completely shut off. So at least I don't feel like I'm crash coursing. You know, once we get out of football, because now now we're not out of football. I mean, pitchers and catchers report, and I think football season's still going. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I've got to start getting my uh, my fantasy thing going. A lot of off season moves. Um, it's been a other than a couple of the big ones. It's been a pretty quiet off season, other than the big. You know, like with with the Shohei and some of those, and I saw the Cubs just signed uh, one of these uh, Japanese pitchers. Yeah, the it's the guy that won the uh, World Baseball Classic game. I don't yeah. remember that, but the the other guy. <laughs> um, so I saw that, uh, but not not a whole lot else. Um, you know, little little thing, little moves, you know, little moves that impact my fantasy team. So the moves like that are always the interesting ones, but. Yeah, we we, we hidden in the baseball here. We what we get out of football, give ourselves uh, usually a couple of weeks to breathe, and then we start hitting baseball and baseball preview and all that fun stuff. But then the draft. Yeah, the the one thing I texted you about baseball is it is not a big secret or whatever that we don't overbid for uh, big offensive players like that. So I was just laughing with you is how much you think uh, Juan Soto is going to go for in our uh, AL only league. <laughs> I would say. Oh, he's pretty much. I'd say like thirty-eight. Oh, see, I thought I'm. I think he's gonna go forty, maybe I mean, forty plus. Well, well, I can tell you, if he goes over forty, he won't be a pirate. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll be too much over forty. It's not like he's you know a big stolen base guy, but well, that's what I mean. That's why I said thirty-eight because yeah. he's limited in you know other categories. So. Yeah, but you know power. how our league is. He's you know he's Juan Soto. He's a you know, well, he's, big yeah, star. He's the big, he's the big name coming over from the other league. Nobody's owned him before, so yeah, yep. he'll 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 definitely go. And there'll be teams with money because there's always you know there'll be so there's always those three or four teams that have the money to do it. Last year we had a new team who had all the money to do it and did nothing. <laughs> uh, that happens sometimes. Some some new teams are, are gun shy and, and I, don't know uh, what to do. 
I've never seen anybody leave $75 on the table. <laughs> yeah, not that good. Just I, mean, I feel bad if I leave $4 on the table. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I wasn't there, of course. My, my flight got canceled. Right. I, my mouth would have dropped. I'm texting you throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. My mouth would have like, been on the floor. This is unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I, but, I'm looking forward to getting up there to, to see all this uh, live once again. I, I missed it yeah. uh, greatly last year. Ah, so you're you're you are anticipating making the journey this year then? Um, I'm completely jinxing myself. I actually already bought the tickets. Oh, okay. I've already I wasn't sure, bought the tickets. It's Easter tickets. weekend, so I wasn't sure so you're I'm, a big I'm, Easter guy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Okay, I'm not, not really making that, that big. Not a, not a big so. religious guy either way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so. You know, it's my usual. I'll be driving down there Friday, driving home Sunday. It's my usual. Uh, my usual plan. Yeah. Now the only uh, problem was that I was uh, I I was surprised by the uh, dates uh, when the uh, when they when they sent the email today uh, because I was used to the first you know, Saturday in April, uh, but because the AL starting early because they're uh, uh, are they starting early uh, because of, of 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 Japan, or is that uh, no, is that everybody starting early? We've just sort of the last couple of seasons we've started off where it's been the last March, and I think last year the draft was pretty early. It just ended up barely spilling over into April. Yeah, um, yeah, it was actually April one, I believe. <laughs> huh. So this year, just because of the the jump on the calendar, uh, they're still starting off the season the first week. Uh, the, the week that they are, it just ends up being because the calendar switch becomes in uh, March 30th for the draft. It would be one of our earliest drafts ever. Right. Yeah. I, I was all set to do it uh, the first Saturday in April, but it's actually going to be the last Saturday in March. Yeah. Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. Driving down there. And on Good Friday, and then draft on Saturday, and then uh, driving home on Easter Sunday. <laughs> I've never done yeah. that before. Although I do remember one year uh, being down there for a draft, and my and my wife and I being down there on Easter Sunday. So it has happened before. Uh, this is obviously 13 or 14 years ago that this happened, but it did happen once before. Yeah, that explains but Easter why may have also Easter may have also been later, because Easter... Mm-hmm moves around right yeah yeah it, it definitely does move around uh but that explains that i didn't realize that that was uh easter weekend and good friday and all that that explains the the, the ticket prices there's quite the uh quite the difference in ticket prices between oh. that weekend and the uh, first <laughs> yeah, saturday in april bus ain't running anymore <laughs> no we don't get to make a bus down here anymore uh so yeah southwest is, is definitely a different uh different price but i understand why now i, I didn't realize it at the time but yeah I, I see if now. you're flying up on friday that's that's uh good friday okay that that's why all right <laughs> yes it's it's quite a bit more on, on that particular friday all right well i'm definitely looking forward to getting all those arrangements and and seeing you again and uh doing the draft and that's uh but before we do that we got to get the uh the the playoffs going here and make those picks for this week, next week in the uh, conference title game, and then get ready for the, uh, the honors and dishonors. So we got all yeah. that to, to look forward to first. I've already got notes ready to go for that. So just so I don't forget stuff throughout the year, but I'm ready to call it a night. I got to get up and work tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, we shall do that then. 
for Jay, I am Dre. This has been another rollicking edition of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, the wildcard 2024 edition as we get ready for super mega wicked wildcard weekend. Yay, sports. Everybody, enjoy your NFL football and your investments and your DFS this weekend, and hopefully you all do well, and hopefully I do well as well. And we will talk to you next Friday night to get you ready for the divisional round of football. And we'll talk to you then. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.